So I think we went live. Uh, oh, yeah. Hey, there we go. All right, everybody. What you just got to watch is uh, me accidentally pressing the live button while we were still trying to set up the, uh, the screen. So that was fun for you. Well, uh, we're, we're, we're a little bit frantic here because the Twitter files are dropping as, as we sit here. So, you know, I come up to the studio and I see Barry Weiss. He starts tweeting and I'm like, come on. You know, they, they do this thing where the tweets go really, really, really slow. But we got some big bombshells. This is uh, hard proof that the Twitter execs like Vijaya were lying. I mean, again, Dan Bongino, Charlie Kirk, among those who were actually suppressed and shadow banned on Twitter. Hard confirmation. They even posted images. Now, we've known about this a bit. But this is direct confirmation of them lying. A lot of this stuff we, we, we've seen, and it's always an accident, right? Now we know it's not an accident. There were stories about shadow banning. I think Ronna McDaniel uh, had been shadow banned and other members of the RNC. And Twitter said, oopsie, it was a mistake. It's always a mistake. And every single time something happened, it was a mistake. It was a mistake. It was a mistake. mistake. And now we know that their engineering teams are actually like, uh, no, we were uh, actually doing all that on purpose. So this is the big breaking story. It's currently developing, and we're going to go through all this. Plus, we've got a bunch of other stories. You, you may have briefly seen the, um, the story. Elon Musk is being sued because, uh, well, they're claiming that he's discriminating against women because the people who got fired were disproportionately women relative to, like, the amount of women who got fired was a higher percentage rate than the amount of men who got fired or whatever. I think it actually just... Um, Plays into that meme where Twitter before was a lot of women and Twitter after wasn't. Hmm. But Elon just said, who wants to work hard? And if you don't, you can leave. And if you do, you can stay. And now they're suing. So that one's pretty interesting. And you can also go to TimCast.com, become a member and support our work directly. We're going to have a members only censored show. I'm sorry, uncensored show. <laughs> oh, man, what a day. <laughs> Coming up for you. No, no, it's totally censored. This one's going to be very boring. No, no. After the show around 11, we'll put up the uncensored members only after show. And I'm sure we'll have some very interesting conversations as it pertains to the election. Smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. And the reason I say that is because joining us today is the man who is probably, uh, uh, if there's any one person who should take credit for the Republicans getting the House, is Scott Pressler. Thank you. Well, you know, can you hear me okay? Gotta grab the mic. Am, gotta, am I in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can move the mic around with oh, you when you go. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so who are you? What do you do? Uh, I guess I'm a long-haired conservative activist, kind of nomadic, traveling the country and just helping to make sure that we're defeating the Democrats and electing Republicans. I guess right that's on. my story. Yeah. You were you've cleaned up cities. You've registered Republicans to vote, and despite the everything we saw in the midterms, Republicans are taking the House meaning we're getting investigations. The AOC is going to be investigated. Hopefully we see investigations of Joe Biden. They're saying they're going to do it. Yeah. And uh, I got to say, I, I think a large amount of that credit goes to you. Thank you. If you weren't registering voters at the levels you were doing and the activism you were doing, I don't know if Republic Republicans could have even taken the House, to be completely honest. Well, and it wasn't even like blood red Republican areas. I mean, really, it was Lee Zeldin in New York of all states and ballot harvesting in California that really gave us this narrow majority in the House. And uh, I think that says something that let's change up our strategy. And that's in part why I'm wearing this shirt. And it's not that I'm saying that we're going to do anything illegal. We're going to cross every T, dot every I, but we're going to use the same tactics the Democrats have been doing. And if those tools are at our disposal, I think we, quite frankly, would be foolish not to use them to our advantage. 
just got to got to stay up on it because by the time 2024 comes around, they're going to have other tactics, you know? Well, so. and let me tell you, we're going to get so good at ballot harvesting that they're going to try to ban it themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's the goal. Yeah. You know, I want them to be like, we should have never done it. It's kind of like uh, Harry Reid with the Supreme Court, right? They busted the filibuster and it was thanks to Harry Reid. Uh, and I'm not talking ill of the departed i want to say this as nicely and respectfully as possible it's because of senator harry reed that we have three conservative supreme court justices today that were given to us by president donald trump you know so every tactic that the democrat uses can be used against them Absolutely. for republican policy well there we go all right man thanks for for joining us we'll talk about that and more we got luke hanging out hey guys my name is luke Kodowski here of we are change and uh today i'm wearing a shirt that dropped monday and it came in just in perfect time for tonight's Twitter file release, which I'm keeping an eye on. I think we are on number 17 right now. So we still got a lot to cover. That's the shirt lot. reads, uh, Elon Musk did not Epstein himself. Uh, with, of course, the remarks he said this past Sunday and Monday. I think it's worth noting this and highlighting this. If you agree with that, you could get the shirt on thebestpoliticalshirts.com because you do. That's why I'm here. Thank you so much for having me. You know, a lot of people do political science and they talk about politics and they think about ideas and they write stuff on paper. But you're like a political engineer that actually is there building the thing by being on the ground and moving pieces around. It's pretty impressive. Thanks for coming again, Bo. Thank you. Last night, I had a chance to talk with Bryson Gray. I tapped in at the very end of the uh, the live episode. We did a little bit after the show, but then after the after show, Bryson and I went deep for like an hour and a half on Christianity, <laughs> Judaism, Islam. It was fantastic. He's very knowledgeable. I love you, Bryson. Episode is not up yet, though. I think it's going to go up this weekend. We're probably going to put it up, Tim, you were mentioning, maybe this weekend when there's no other maybe tomorrow dropping. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, highly recommend it. It's going to be on TimCast.com. Check it out. It was a great, great time. And if you haven't got a copy of my book yet, Writing in the Dark. It's really not, it's very weird. It, it was just like a You wrote it in the dark. Literally in my car when I was yep. homeless in New York at a very dark period of my life. So there's a metaphor there. You know, if you haven't ever, if you ever want to get to see like some of the inner workings, man, you can go pick up one of those on Amazon. Writing in the Dark by Ian Crossland. What's happening, Kelly? Um, I'll second what you said, Ian. Uh, I think that Bryson Gray after, after show was pretty great. So once we have that up on Timcast, I'll surely tweet it out. Um, but yeah, please check it out. I'm Kellen filling in with uh, filling in for Surge. And I'm ready to get started. Yeah, Let's Kellen go, and Surge were with us last. It was the four of us and, and us. Actually, Bryson's girlfriend came in at one point. Oh, I was cool. talking to was really cool. Wow. Really awesome. Let's get into this big news. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got the Twitter thread from Barry Weiss. The Twitter files part two, Twitter's secret blacklists. I will not waste your time. Dr. J. Bhattacharya was arguing that COVID lockdowns would harm children. He was placed on a trends blacklist and also has this flag, recent abuse strike, whatever that means. Then we have Dan Bongino, who was search blacklisted. And he also had something called a notification spike. I don't know what that means. You can see he had no strikes, but they put him on a blacklist. That look, and, and it says multiple accounts, Twitter blue verified, not safe for work view. I wonder what SPMA means. Charlie Kirk, do not amplify recent abuse strike and notification spike. Multiple accounts, not safe for work view. Interesting. What does that mean, multiple accounts? Are they accusing these individuals of personally operating multiple accounts? Sounds like it, but I think that that's a bannable offense. Right. Or maybe it's because he's got like, you know, Turning Point USA is his organization. Right. So he's in charge of several different accounts. Twitter denied that they shadow banned people. 
They said that they didn't do it and they certainly didn't do it on, on ideology. But then the funny thing is you get this story. First, definitely Daily Dot, Twitter insists it's not shadow banning conservatives. And then I think, is this one we have here? Twitter appears to have fixed shadow ban of prominent Republicans <laughs> like RNC chair and Trump Jr. spokesman. So that was July 25th, 2018. And then this story, this was July 27th, 2018, saying they're not they're not doing it. They're not doing it. It was updated in May uh, 2021. I wonder why. So this is uh, we all knew. But once again, Twitter files are delivering hard proof. Conservatives are being banned, shadow banned, manipulated, deamplified, deboosted, whatever. And the, the story is currently developing. Barry Weiss says, this is funny. They, they said they don't shadow ban everybody. They do visibility filtering. <laughs> they call it uh, VF, refers to the ability to limit the scope of, of a particular tweets or individual's discoverability to block select users' posts from ever appearing on the trending page and from inclusion in hashtag searches, all without people knowing. Now, I have to wonder, they did this to Dan Bongino. He uses Twitter as a business, for his business. Is this a breach of contract? If I enter into a contract with you and you secretly apply restrictions against me, are they breaching their contract? Or is the argument going to be, no, no, the terms of service say that we can do all of these things to you. I'm not familiar with the terms enough. I would imagine because it's a free to use service that you really don't have any recourse to sue them if they're screwing with you. But I don't know. I don't know what the promise was. Check this out. They, this is where it starts getting crazy. Quote, we control visibility quite a bit and we control the amplification of your content quite a bit. And normal people do not know how much we do, how much we do. One Twitter engineer told us two additional employees confirmed the group that decided whether to limit the reach of certain users was the, the strategic response team, global escalation team or SR, SRT get it often handled the 200 cases per day. But there existed a level beyond official ticketing beyond the rank and file moderators following the company's policy on paper. That is the site integrity policy, policy escalation support known as SIPPES. The secret group included head of legal policy, head of legal policy and trust, Vijay Agade, the global head of trust and safety, Yoel Roth, subsequent CEOs, Jack Dorsey and Parag Agrawal and others. It's where the biggest, most politically sensitive decisions got made. Think high follower count controversial. Another Twitter employee told us, told us. For these, there would be no ticket or anything. Take a look at this. Libs of TikTok. It says, do not take action on user without consulting the SIPPES. Really, really interesting stuff. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com carlson. That's carshield.com carlson. 
They mentioned that Rychik had been suspended several times. You can see Libs, Libs of TikTok has a recent abuse strike, notification spike, and is trend blacklisted. Two strikes, high profile, it says, multiple accounts, not safe for work view. So, you know, how much of, uh, how much of this is just kind of like, yeah, okay, we know. Uh, having the receipts here, I think, is absolutely important. I, I think there's going to be a bigger implications here because it wasn't just these few accounts that we mentioned here. Barry Weiss in uh, the uh, tread number 12 specifically documents and, and says how there was 20 cases a day of individuals being individually targeted and attacked as Twitter was going on and publicly saying that we were absolutely not shadow banning. The corporate media was regurgitating their talking points. You could see, I just retweeted uh, the official Twitter account from 2018. They said, quote, people are asking us if we shadow ban. We don't. Read more <laughs> to get all the facts. The fa- they're, they're, not, they're not facts here. I, again, this is an official Twitter account uh, tweeting this a couple years ago, gaslighting people, lying to people as they were manipulating our social discourse. And we know that when they do this, they could decide and determine not only the outcome of elections, but have huge major effects on society with the power to essentially control people's minds. This is, this is next level stuff. I want to I talk later about uh, Brittany Griner. And uh, Paul Paul Wellen is his name, right? Paul Wellen, I think. Paul Wellen. Am, am I getting it wrong? Yes. Uh, there's um, this article from Jordan Schachtel, I think it is, uh, outlining how the, the Biden administration intentionally ignored this guy and opted for Brittany Griner. And even NBC initially reported, I think it was NBC, that Russia said you can have one or the other, not both. And so Biden was like, give us the basketball player, showing that... He doesn't care about our Marines or the people who are who are overseas or whatever. He had the option. He didn't take it. I saw that and I just felt like I need to stress to everybody. Joe Biden does not represent you. He does not represent any of us in this room. He does not represent the Marines or the army. He represents his cult. The president, the Democrats in the Senate and Congress are cult members. You do not exist to them. There was no consideration for a former Marine when they were doing a prisoner swap with the merchant of death, an arms dealer, because Joe Biden said, why would I care about that guy? I want you to think about it this way. Right now in this country, what's happening? Let's say that um, you uh, there's there's a hostage situation and you're outside and the, 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 the hostage taker says, I'll only release one person, your daughter or John Smith. And you're like, who's John Smith? And they'll be like, well, he's a decorated war hero. He saved a a box full of puppies the other day. Give me my daughter. My point is, Joe Biden, when he looks at the potential of this, he doesn't think about the American people. He thinks about his cult and his ideology and what earns him those points with his crowd. He is not representing the the United States uh, of America. I mentioned this back during the COVID lockdowns. When Florida was not locked down, when South Dakota was not locked down and other conservative states were not locked down and Joe Biden came out and said, we're locking down for these reasons and we're going to have to do this, that or otherwise. And I'm like, well, who's he talking to? He keeps tweeting at me to tell me to get my vaccine, get a vaccine. Joe Biden like, he's not even a doctor. He's, yeah. not, he's not talking to you. He's not tweeting at me. You're right. He's just tweeting no, 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 it no. out and I'm reading it like a, no, 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 he's no, not a doctor. On. What I'm saying is when Joe Biden came out and said, everyone, we need to do these things. He wasn't talking to any of us in this room or any of you watching. They don't see us as part of the same country as them. I think that's just a reality. And this is exemplified just so hilariously. 
Uh, this is the issue I have with conservatives. Time magazine chooses Zelensky. And what do conservatives do? They go, I can't believe Time magazine chose Zelensky as person of the year. And it's like, first of all, why would you read Time magazine? They're the ones who published that article about fortifying the election. They don't have any real circulation anymore. They're not culturally relevant. But conservatives view the left as culturally relevant and as the as the 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 epicenter of America and American culture for some reason. And the left views them as creepy weirdos who have nothing to do with what this country is doing. Well, and I think this is how we're different. Like, this is where I actually get some pushback from my followers. If I'm America first, that means that I want to put every American first, even the commies, <laughs> even people that disagree with me, because I value uh, upholding my citizens' rights. And so even with Brittany, you know, I was getting pushback from saying, yes, we do need to secure her freedom, even if she broke Russian law, even if she doesn't stand for the flag or doesn't stand for our freedoms and freedom of speech. And even when some people are saying, you know, to leave cities and to leave California behind and they chose this and let them uh, suffer the consequences of their votes. Uh, no, I, I don't think that's an America first perspective. We need to be fighting for freedom everywhere. Now, with that being said, does does that mean that I think that we should trade the merchant of death and and Russian arms dealer while the very country Russia and Putin are invading Ukraine? Uh, all I can see from this is I think there's a very real possibility that through his connections with his freedom now, we could see Putin uh, gaining even more arms to use against Ukraine, which what does that mean from us? That means that we are going to be sending another $74 billion to Ukraine to solve the problem that was just exacerbated by our very president. And that's kind of where my head is at in this. And I say not another dime for Ukraine. I was already at if we're securing Ukraine's border while we're not curing ours why should we be sending them any money but the the fact of the matter is the united states is creating a problem while also trying to be the solution and the only people that are suffering from this are are us i met a guy he was i think he was a captain in the in the army i think i can't remember i don't know how the ranking stuff works but he said he retired he was planning on uh staying in until he was too old he wanted to be you know a careerist or you know first full career and then he's in his mid-30s and he said he was resigning his commission because of the wokeness that's happening in the military and so i see that and i'm and, and, and i'll say it you know they're shutting down prisons they're releasing criminals crime is rampant and the politicians keep like the, the democrats in these cities keep doing the same thing and i'm like isn't it obvious at this point it's because you are not a part of what they are doing. When they say our democracy, a re replace, when they say our democracy, replace that with cult. And then remember that you're not a part of their cult. So when Joe Biden comes out and says, these far right extremists are a threat to our cult, then you need to understand what he's really saying. He's not talking about the United States. He's talking about something that excludes you specifically. Yeah, the United States is a plural. The United States are a thing. It's a bunch of states that are united. We are united. And if, if someone in the federal government is trying to override that and act like they're the one that resembles the, the states united, then they're failing. He's, let, let's, uh, let, let's continue on with this thread here. The number 17 uh, uh, tweet from Barry Weiss gets really, really interesting because now you start to see that Twitter was lying about their bias. Check this out. Barry Weiss says the account 
Libs of TikTok, which Chaya Raichik began in November 2020 and now boasts over 1.4 million followers, was subjected to six suspensions in 2022 alone. Raichik says each time uh, she was blocked from posting for as long as a week. Twitter repeatedly informed Raichik that she had been suspended for violating Twitter's policy against hateful conduct. But in an internal SIP PES memo from October 2022, after her seventh suspension, the committee acknowledged, quote, Libs of TikTok has not directly engaged in behavior violative of the hateful conduct policy. They were lying. That's actionable. Shocker. I think that's yeah. legal action right there. I think this is um, right here. Actual malice. Libs of TikTok. Uh, Chaya. Lawsuit time. If they publicly stated you violated the conduct of hateful, uh, uh, their, their hateful conduct policy, but then internally said you didn't. That means they knew they were lying. But here's the, here's the, here's the thing. Does she sue Elon Musk now? Yeah, Scott, you mentioned that before the show, too. What's the process of a, of a lawsuit in this situation? Do you go after a po- previous ownership? I would think so. I mean, you would have to. Who was the decision maker? Was it Vijaya? I, I would go after the individual person as opposed to Twitter, the company, because clearly all of this was done before the Elon Musk administration. Well, there's names being named here, a part of their strategic response team and mm-hmm. the group's name and who was heading them. And it looks like uh, Vijaya was at the head of many of these important decisions. Uh, we go back in the in the tweets and, you know, the, the documents are here. It shows us exactly who was making these decisions, why they were making them, how they were making them up, and how a lot of this was just absolutely arbitrary, especially when it came to hypocritical moves, especially when it came to libs of TikTok being doxed the 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 doxing of libs libs of tiktok garnered what was it uh, i think barry weiss says ten thousand likes and that wasn't stopped but but her doing something that they construed on the technicality was which wasn't even uh you know correct which they knew ten thousand likes on this doxing tweet and they said no it's fine i had someone uh post an insane thread with uh an address and twitter told me they would not take it down and i was just like okay Whatever. Then it leads to exactly what you'd expect it to lead to. They claimed their justification for removing uh, libs of TikTok and the, the suspension was indirectly violating their policies by tweets that lead, uh, that either intend to incite or led people to then harass. So not inciting, not harassing, but because she posted video and someone else did, well, that's indirect. So we're going to suspend her even though it doesn't violate our policies. However, you post an address and... Sorry. Nothing. In an internal Slack message, Twitter employees spoke of using technicalities to restrict the visibility of tweets and subjects. Here's Yoel Roth, Twitter's then head global head, then global head of trust and safety, in a direct message to a colleague in 2021. He wrote, a lot of times SI has used technicality spam enforcement as a way to solve a problem created by a safety under enforcing their policies, which again isn't a problem per se. But it keeps us from addressing the root cause of the issue, which is that our safety policies need some attention. Amazing. Six days later, in a direct message with an employee, uh, blah, 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 Roth requested more research to support expanding, quote, non-removal policy interventions like disabling engagements and deamplification slash visibility filtering. Roth wrote, the hypothesis underlying much of what we've implemented is that if exposure to misinformation directly causes harm, we should use remediations that reduce exposure and limiting the spread and virality of the content is a good way to do that. In other words, these people are saying 
your ideas lead to things that we don't like, regardless of what that may be, we are going to stop people from being able to see what you post. And then they had the, the, the audacity to go publicly and say, we don't shadow ban conservatives. Now, oh. here's the funny thing. The whole time they were doing this, I was saying it's a semantic game. They'll say, we, we don't shadow ban anybody. Hmm. It's called visibility filtering. It's totally different. They would say, we did not shadow ban anyone for being conservative. We shadow banned them for misgendering someone. Of course, liberals and conservatives have, you know, uh, opposing views on what misgendering is. So, of course, they're literally doing it based on the political ideology or political values of the individual. Yeah, I didn't punch you in the face. I just threw my fist <laughs> at your, at your uh, you know, face, you know. So that's technically not the same thing, right, guys? It's absolutely incredulous. It's absolutely it's like, insane. Congress says, uh, you know, uh, Miss Gade, is there a door on the front of Twitter's building? N no, there isn't. There's no door. Uh, no, there's not. What do you mean there's not? Well, what we have is a large pane of glass on hinges with a <laughs> handle that when you pull, it actually moves on the hinge, creating an opening for which you can move through, but it's not a door. It's like, okay, what? It's, I, it's, it's the deconstruction of language, man. That's the game they play. And all ethically, the idea that bad information, what, how did they phrase it? How did this guy, Yoel, phrase this, that bad information, get into the, I don't know what he said, but he basically was insinuating that getting misinformation will make people evil or whatever. So show them less information. But I think that's like, it's like saying that if a virus makes you sick, don't, don't expose anyone to the virus. But we know that immune system is a real thing and you need a little bit of exposure to enhance your immune system so that you can handle it when it inevitably comes around. Misinformation will inevitably come around. You need to be resistant to it. You need to understand it and be able to spot it and question information when you see it. But just making it so people don't ever get a chance to be exposed to it is not the way to make people stronger. That's, right. my, that's my belief on ethics on this well, one. You know, one of the craziest things, I love, I, I love the amount of weird flack we're getting from all these lefty organizations about the yay stuff someone super chatted because I, I don't know i may have missed it that yay said to alex jones maybe i shouldn't have singled out an entire group of people and just pointed out that's the banks something like that someone commented that i don't know if they actually said that but uh if that is the case it shows you how these conversations actually do good it shows how on twitter there's that famous story of the westboro baptist church woman who got de-radicalized by being on twitter and saying these things and then people countering and then eventually she was like okay maybe i'm wrong i th i feel like what what they really want these last few years have not been easy on our economy and with tax season finally arriving there will be millions of hard-working people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the irs working against them and pocketing profits for themselves America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. They want villains. You, you guys, have you seen that? What's that? What's that group of feds that marches around pretending to be conservative activists? Patriot Front. Oh yeah, are they feds? Do we know that? I think they glow. 
You think they glow? <laughs> so anyway, look, everybody look, sees that group and they're like, that's not, it can't be real, right? They need villains. They need something to justify their, their, their laws. That's why they want people to get violent. Don't get violent. It's the one thing they know how to, how to respond to. So if they can't get it, they fake it. The FBI gets a bunch, gets, gets like what? 12 FBI agents get two crackpots and then keep elbowing them being like, come on, kidnap this lady. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I guess, aha, we got you. <laughs> and then they have this big mock trial and then try to lock these guys up. They need villains. But it's essentially what the CIA has been doing with American foreign policy for the last few decades, all, going all the way back to the Mujahideen in Afghanistan that became the Taliban, going back to, of course, uh, the rebels in north of uh, Iraq that became ISIS and in Syria that, of course, were there against the regime because we needed regime change. And I could keep going on and on and on, but there's, there's a long history of setting up your opposition in order to uh, uh, give yourself an excuse to, to have a... Um, you know, stricter, tougher, more um, brutal Act. force down. Yeah, the Patriot Act is another example of it. Uh, but but uh, these these tweets are still coming in right now. Blair White just tweeted, the Jack Redemption arc is over. After, of course, we're finding out through these uh, disclosures that Jack Dorsey was on board uh, with implementing this for, quote, civic integrity. This is not civic integrity. This is the destruction of, of, of dialogue, of conversation, of people being able to honestly have conversations with each other. And they stood in the middle of that and said, no, we're going to control what goes into your mind. We're going to control what you can say and cannot say. We're going to control who gets to see these larger ideas. The best idea won't win. My idea will win. And that's just the disgusting, well, patronizing, messed up behavior of, of you know, big brother, uh, big daddy government controlling every aspect of your life. And that's exactly what these people want. I'm, I'm just going to let, let everybody in on some insider information. Um, it's nothing crazy. Uh, but I've, I've frequently hit up Jack and asked him to come on the show. He's, a year ago, he said yes when, when he had time. It's been a year, so I hit him up again. I'm like, you know, it's about that time. It's the annual Ask Jack to come and have a conversation. <laughs> and uh, I understand by like coming out and saying this and being critical of him, the likelihood that he actually wants to come on is low. But what I think of Jack Dorsey is that he built a sewer, and then he crawled to the lowest point of the piping, placed his mouth firmly on the spigot, and <clears throat> turned it on, and just let it all flow into his body. What I mean by that is, in the early days of Twitter, this was a tech bro. He was like a libertarian-style tech bro. He was the free speech wing of the free speech party. He created a platform that just started loading up with refuse from woke activists spouting garbled nonsense. And then he started consuming that garbled nonsense and buying into it and believing it. And then he ended up, because the, the, mach- the machine was going right down his throat, vomiting all that stuff back out into the platform. So when you have a bunch of activists demanding censorship, arguing this is the right thing to do, and you give in a little bit. Eventually, the only thing you see is their arguments, and then you start buying into their arguments. Then, as the person controlling the system, you start implementing rules based on their arguments. So from free speech wing of the free speech party to gargling on the refuse of woke activists and spitting it back in their faces and everyone else's. I wonder if what he said it was his civic responsibility or for the civic righteousness or whatever he said, why he was banning and shadow banning. I wonder if it's because the government was like, you know— it's your civic responsibility. They're there with handcuffs like dudes. It's your civic responsibility. Better do it. Like, wink, wink. We're going to throw you in prison if you don't. And that's why he's talking about decentralizing it and creating a protocol instead of a centralized network. Because if you have a centralized network, DEA wants to, or not the DEA, but whoever, government agencies are going to want to control it. They're going to try and protect it, they'll call it. But I mean, they want to get in there and choose what people see and 
you know, who, what people are told. D- Dave like Rubin that. just retreated his conversation that he had with Jack Dorsey in 2020, where Jack specifically told him that there's no shadow banning based on Whoa. political beliefs. I just retweeted it myself uh, at Luke We Are Change on there on Twitter. Uh, but uh, again, 2020, Dave Rubin specifically was asking, hey, uh, are you guys shadow banning? Yes or no? Jack Dorsey responded and said no. They're justifying double speak by saying it's not a ban, by no, deranking no, 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 no. your, look, your look, algorithm look. intake or your outflow. It's not look, a ban. It's a Ridiculous. No, 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 but it is. Hold, hold on, hold on. There's, there's some nuance in the tweet we have to address. Dave Rubin said, do you shadow ban based on political beliefs? Simple yes or no will do. And Jack said no. And this is the problem. They're using semantics to lie. No, it's nothing to do with their political beliefs. You can vote for Republicans. But if you want lower taxes, smaller government, believe it, that there's only two genders. Well, then we'll ban you. But that's politics, isn't it? No, 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 no. See, politics refers to who you vote for, right? Those are the games they play. Yeah. You can ask any question and they will find some legalese, nonsensical, semantic argument as to why they're, they're doing or not doing the, the, whatever they're supposed to be doing or not doing. Well, I mean, people question elections. That gets banned online, I've heard. And that's total politics. So obviously, if you're involved in suppressing people questioning elections around the world, then you're involved in political suppression. Get that straight. Well, I asked Elon when I was on the space with him and I said, have advertisers threatened to pull money if you didn't adhere to a certain policy or have lawmakers threatened to introduce legislation should you not adhere? And I wonder if that's been going on as well. You know, the threatening of introducing policy or legislation that would hurt Twitter's ability if they didn't censor people. You know, because Twitter came uh, came along when President Obama was in office, right? It wasn't just under President like, you know, Trump. Yeah, I think so. 2008, maybe. Eight. And so maybe he was getting some of those pressures from Democratic control. But I, I think you're right, Tim. It's not necessary. They do need a villain, but to expand upon it more, when we aren't the villains that they say we are, they have to create that and then point the finger and say see see exactly what i was talking about and then they can use that as an opportunity for censorship etc did you guys see malcolm flex's tweet about yay Mm -mm. it was brilliant he was like yay went on with tim pool alex jones and gavin McInnes, these people that the left keeps claiming are nazis and none of them would agree with him on the jews (laughs) must is like it must have been very frustrating for yay talking about dude yay exposed alex jones for being awesome it was a picture of yay being sitting there looking all frustrated right 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 Uh, he was looking all down yeah Yeah, i retweeted that one it was the bernie sanders meme where he's sitting there like but they put yay's face mask over it and his jacket and the idea is basically like i wonder if that was the case you know if you're yay and you're not super into politics this way like you may have some ancillary view of it but the activists keep saying like, oh, Alex Jones is a fascist. He's a Nazi. And then you're like, OK, so you go and hang out with them. And Alex is like, no, I hate all those people. I want nothing to do with it. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> Everybody told me that was the case. So this is the funny thing. Even Gavin McInnes, who they claim is the far right, white supremacist, neo-Nazi, Proud Boys. He's telling Ye to stop judging people based on being a part of a group and to judge them like individuals. And I wonder if what Ye actually did was just grabbing the Overton window and ripping it as far to the right as he possibly could. I think so. He, I mean, he really made Alex look like a good guy. That interview made Alex look like the defender of righteousness, man. Because Ye was throwing some nonsense at him, and he knew he was. And Alex was just like, I got I to gotta stop you there, man. Well, they're, they're, One bridge too far. They're desperately trying. So uh, 
there's an article that came out. It's from, I think, maybe The Independent or something or Yahoo. And it was like Tim Pool profited off of Ye's anti-Semitism or something like that. And then it was like, because he came on the show and said this stuff, and then I disagreed with him and we made super chats, they're arguing that it was profiting off of hate or whatever. And I'm like, or, or is it profiting off of opposing hate? They're, they're just going to keep lying. They're going to keep trying to manufacture some kind of narrative to create boogeymen and villains because it's the only thing they have. It's a cult. It's very disturbing that people think we could create a world where people aren't mean or cruel. Like that is complete impossibility and insanity to think that we could suppress the human will so much that people will just be nice all the time. I, I, I want to I I tell you guys something. You see the Project Veritas expose the other day? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's like... This morning, when I wake up and I'm doing my morning segment, the first, I'm, I'm watching the video again because we watched it the, night, the other night. I just went on YouTube and I looked up 90s commercials. And I was like, I'm just going to like 15 minutes of commercials from the 90s just to, just to remember the good old days when there were no troubles. And I'm, I know my parents probably had troubles and there was war and stuff, but I was a little kid. So I'm going to watch these commercials, forget all about it. That was so disturbing that this dean was talking about how they were giving these kids these adult objects teaching them how to use them to spit on them and things like that. I, even want to, I can't even say it because you might have kids in the room. And so I started, uh, I posted on Facebook. And here's the funny thing. What do you think the response is from the left when they hear this stuff? Do you think they go, wow, that's a bridge too far for me. I better rethink what I'm doing. No. They say, well, he doesn't seem at all worried about it. The school seems to stand by it. It must be okay. And I'm like, bro, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. As long it's 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 like that that uh, that's this this I forgot what, I don't know what you'd call it but the story about when there's a fire in a room if one person is in a room by themselves and smoke comes through they'll 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 go to the door feel the door and go hey there's smoke there's a fire they'll yell but if you have multiple people in a room the smoke will go under the door and everyone will look at each other look confused and then ignore it because no one's doing anything it's like these collectivists can actually be shown a video of a man bragging about how cool it is that they're doing these things to children. Well, but nobody's mad about it, so it must be okay, right? And that's just like, if you're a person, a leader of strong moral fiber, you're going to be like, no, I have a line. That's, that's, that's beyond for me. I, I'm sorry. That's why we have a Senate. That's why we're supposed to have a morally righteous Senate. Uh, maybe that's why they say that this, this government can't last without Christianity in it, because we need some group of leaders that are critical thinkers that can see it when it happens, you know, see like disillusionment when it rears its ugly head. There's a couple things I want to say about this story, but this is a family-friendly broadcast, and I'm going to save those comments for later. <laughs> well, you know, what, just, what, what's your response to, to stuff like that? I mean, you're you're in the political mm-hmm. world, right? Uh, do the voters see stuff like that? Does it affect them, or is it as Tim says they see it and they're like, eh, whatever? Uh, I Could, think some people are tacitly approving of it because they'd rather not rock the boat. They'd rather not get into political debates, and and I think that's wrong. And and what Tim just said really shows the necessity that we have to speak out against it, especially we were just talking about this earlier. This book, to people who don't know, Genderqueer, is in schools across the country, and uh, we've had principals, we've had school boards fight to keep it in schools. And it says things that uh, I would never say to a child, let alone my mother or other adults. I think, quite frankly, I would consider this child pornography, and this is in our schools. And what people don't know, they don't know what they don't know. And I think if people did find out that this was in our schools, 
that they would be horrified and that it would actually motivate them to get involved. And I think we saw that with uh, Virginia and Governor Glenn Youngkin, et cetera. But, you know, even for myself, I was thinking, what is my philosophy when it comes to being a conservative or Republican or just a, I consider myself a freedom nationalist. You know, we've been hearing people say Christian nationalist. No, I'm a freedom nationalist. And usually what I say is people should be able to do whatever they want in the comfort of their home, uh, consensually and legally, so long as they're not abridging or infringing on the rights of anybody else, right? But then I thought to myself, but when you use the word legal, well, there have been horrible policies that have been legal in the past. And because it was legal, people use that as an excuse to continue on with it. You know, should we introduce what is moral, what is ethical? And uh, I think that's a conversation to be had as, as well, because some of the things that are happening in America, uh, like the Patriot Act, for example, uh, just because it's legal, does that make it Right. Yeah, a lot of the back to blue people need to also realize, you know, a lot of the worst atrocities in recorded human history were legal. And when they say, I'm just following the law, I'm just I'm just doing what I'm told. They're going along with some of the worst actions that have happened to human beings, uh, whether it's slavery, the genocide, the Holocaust, you name it. All of that was codified by law. So, so we need to really start seeing things from a different perspective. A lot more people are becoming godless. Uh, I, I think that also is maybe having an effect on this. I, I never believe the government will be there to solve any of your problems. I think they're only there to create more problems in your life. So how do you enforce that uh, in a way without using government is, is a question that I think a lot of people should be asking themselves. Is there, is there a solution without you know big force, big government doing this for us? Usually social ostracization, like if you can get people ground up to believe in a morality. But they control the culture and, they, and they're pushing people to not be religious. They're pushing people not to believe in a higher power above themselves. This, right? this is why the left calls people white supremacists. I want you to think about that story, uh, Gormelts. You guys heard the Gormelts story out of Fredericksburg, VA. There's uh, uh, during COVID lockdown, the guy who owns it says, I'm not doing this. You can't shut me down. That's unconstitutional. Bravo, good sir. Matt Strickland. And... Uh, eventually they say, okay, then we're going to, we're going to shut you down. We're going to take your license from you. So he's in this dispute. It's two years later, basically. And they go into his uh, business, the police to serve a search warrant and give him a suspension or whatever, and try and shut him down. What do you, what, how do you, how do you deal with cops like that? Well, the left figured it out. You call them white supremacists. Why? It's one of the most repugnant things you can call someone. It's also inactionable. If you call someone a white supremacist, you cannot, they, they cannot sue you because it's an opinion. And what does it really even mean? The, 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 the term is, is nebulous, perhaps on purpose. But for the average voter, they know what it means. It means something. So if you have cops come into your business, they do this to you. Well, my idea was shun those cops, right? Make sure those cops can't buy a cup of coffee in that town. And if they ever want to eat food again, they'll have to move because they violated the rights of a good, hardworking businessman who was just trying to keep it. He was trying to feed his family, keep his, his business operating, serve the community. And the cops wanted to violate the Constitution. So the, the simple solution, nonviolent civil disobedience, is if you got a business in Fredericksburg, watch the video of those cops and then put up signs in your window saying you are not welcome here. Turn around. Here's the issue. How do you make sure in a large city like that, that you, you can stop people from supporting those cops. 
Well, if you go around and try and explain the nuances of why they violated the Constitution, how they violated the Constitution, and why someone should support your efforts to bar those cops, they're going to say, look, I have no time for this. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know what that means. And then you go, they're white supremacists. The guy's going to go, oh, okay. They're not welcome here then. That simple. That's why the left does what they do. They don't want to waste time explaining anything to anybody. It's too long. It's too complicated. No one cares. They simply say, this guy is a Nazi. And if you support him, you know what happens. And they go, okay, you got it. Yeah, appeal to emotions. I'm trying to emotionally get someone to be afraid of serving them emotionally. Right. That's, that's why they do it. <clears throat> But because it's, it's the, the fastest and easy way to get someone barred from, from a business, get their bank account shut down, get them banned from social media. It is a functional I, tactic. I don't, I, know I don't know. the right I, way I, to go. My knee-jerk reaction is, I, I, you know, I, again, I haven't thought this through, but I, I don't think maybe we should be using the same kind of policies that they used. And I, and I think there is some kind of you karmic... You think we should keep serving these cops and let them eat a burgers at our restaurants? No, I'm not and, saying that. I'm, I'm specifically uh, going about using this kind of mass generalization. And again, again you, I haven't thought mean? this through. Just, call just call, yeah, calling them I, I said that's why the left does it. I didn't okay. say we do it. I okay. say we have to shun them from our businesses. But the reason they use these terms is because it's very difficult to explain in complicated politics. to the Well, I was actually considering using the tactic because like you were saying earlier, we use the tactics they use if there's ever like a competition of something. If you don't, you're going to get snowballed. So like you, you kind of have to use the same. But then when they start using evil underhanded tactics, you're like the ends don't justify the means in every situation. I got it. I got it. Do you guys know where the word uh, rape comes from? Like the, the, the root of it, what it means? No. So obviously in modern society, it means, you know, typically a man forcing himself on a woman, though in modern times it, it is used woman on man as well. But there's a reason why the phrase raping and pillaging was, is together, because it used to refer specifically to barbarous hordes going into a village, destroying it and stealing everything. So that was raping the village was to take all their stuff. But in the process, like the Vikings, for instance, they would take women with them. And that's how it went to to get this specific meaning in today's day and age. But uh, if, if if semantics is all we're really talking about, then those cops rape that guy. Right. And then you could say there. Here's a here's a cop. He's a rapist. Well, that's what rape means. Right. The traditional def de definition. If you want to play fight fire with fire and play those games, that's the that that's the game they play. Now, here's here's my issue. I agree. Right. I don't like those tactics. I don't want to live in that world. I don't want to live in a world where people are just saying things to mean something they don't really mean because they're trying to trick people. But how do you and I mean this sincerely, I'm not saying we should utilize those the tactics of manipulation. I'm saying how what what is the counter to those manipulative tactics in a way that we can stop bad cops from like raiding businesses like this? I mean, I, I'm kind of guilty. <laughs> I just did it today. I posted on my Instagram you know, some tweets of mine uh, criticizing uh, Joe Biden freeing the merchant of death to Russia. And I said on my uh, Instagram account, Joe Biden is a Russian asset. I, I don't believe that's trying to trick or manipulate. Uh, I think it's true with the Nord Stream 2 and uh, and with his policy of trading terrorists for Americans because it's going to set precedent. But I think it's a duality. Yes, we need to do those tactics as truthfully as we can, because look, at the end of the day, we live in a world where information travels so quickly that people just want to be the first at everything. And it doesn't matter whether it's true or false. They just want to be the first because it means that information is going to travel as quickly as possible globally. 
But I, I think Ian and I, uh, well, hopefully everybody at this table would agree that 99.9% of people around the globe are good, decent human beings. But it's the 0.1% that is the loudest minority which seems to be in control because they're able to say those terrible things about others. And so many are unwilling or maybe unable to speak uh, against them. And I think that we need to lead by example. Yes, speak out, but also lead by example with conservative policy, with passing conservative legislation and showing people uh, an alternative an alternative to what the Democrats have been using against us. And let's show how we can do it in a righteous and virtuous way. And to give you an example, look at uh, look at Baltimore. Everybody was having this conversation about trash in the city, but nobody was doing anything. And so I said, okay, I'm going to go pick up trash. And it was that one action which spurred others to go, wait a second. I can do the same thing. Why are we going to wait for the government to come in and save us? We can do it ourselves. And that that one action of mine empowered so many people to believe that they could do the same. And I, I think that truly is part of the answer. Lead by example. So to answer, I guess that and what you're saying, like boycotting these cops, which I'm not necessarily agreeing with but it is a way to deal with the situation of people of cops over overarching their authority like just one restaurant manager at a time one guy tells one guy word of mouth rather than trying to lie about these guys and defame them just be straight up they came in they they shut they shut down an aspect of my business against if it actually violates the constitution or you know we could just take photos of them and put up wanted posters saying that there's pirates going around town <laughs> destroying it, people's livelihoods and be, business and that technically is not a lie too it, right it would say not wanted because they don't want them in there, right? <laughs> no, no 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 or beware <laughs> pictures of them. Uh, beware uh, pirates running around shutting down businesses on behests of uh, bureaucrats. You yeah, know? as long as like, hey, these yeah. guys will do whatever it takes uh, to screw you over if they have to. You know, I, maybe, I think maybe, I, I think even those beware posters might be something. Maybe that I should just put up. a bunch of billboards all over Fredericksburg with their pictures on it. That could be. Yeah, that could be. It, well, you you can do that. That's free speech. So yeah. uh, if I put up a bunch, if I put their photos from the video on billboards, and then put "Do not serve these men in your establishment. They're bad cops." That's my free speech. It's not actionable, and I. And billboards cost between a couple hundred and a couple thousand dollars, depending on where they are. Why don't Why don't we just set a budget and put those those billboards up all over Fredericksburg, Virginia? Yeah, I'll make a phone call first thing in the morning. That's absolutely one way of done. doing it. Uh, doing flyers, passing out flyers, being like, "Hey, you know, this is a community effort here." I, I think also meeting with the community, meeting with uh, the restaurant owner and the, the other businesses and other people of that community, and seeing how they want to handle this too. Uh, creating a relationship with them and and having them come together when something bad happens, I think is also something that could be incredibly strong and incredibly powerful. Of people saying, "Hey, we live together. We're in the same community together." There was. Clear Clearly a state that committed a crime and a violation against a private enterprise and a private business here that was serving the community. Let's come together and let's act together. And you might not even have to buy a billboard. It could be uh, posters. It could be, uh, a, you know, just uh, a piece of paper with the photos, photocopied, put up everywhere on, on uh, uh, polls. Yeah, with diplomacy, you could get together with the restaurant owner, the police chief, and then maybe have a conversation publicly where they realize we are going to reinstate the liquor license. That was a bad move, and we're not going to do it again. That would be better than just smashing at people that made you angry, and then they're gone, and now new people are going to keep making the same issue over and over again. You got to go after those guys, and like, well, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I think I think I want to put the billboards up, and I'll just put "Beware, Dirty Cops," and I'll put their pictures up on the billboard. 
Warning. They would have to, you know, think twice if they're going to do something like that. It's true. Historically, cops would not mess with people in their own environment. They'd have to bring police in from another state or from like the government, from like a state government, because local cops don't mess with their friends and family. Like those are your neighbors. And for good reason. And that kept things in order. When, you know, the the cop had to come down and deal with a brawl. It's like, listen, we got to stop the fight. Break it up, guys. Look, your dad's going to be pissed. I don't want to deal with this. Now they bring in cops from two towns over and they walk in and say, don't know, don't care. Pull the taser, just jab the guy. In this instance, it's a guy who was standing up for his constitutional rights. And two years later, they're like, we're going to destroy your business. Okay, those are dirty cops. I'm sorry. That, that is, they're like, don't know, don't care. Well, you probably have to. So, you know, someone super chatted. What about the thin blue line and protecting us from chaos? Yeah, if like in New York, a dude steals a school bus and is ramming people then like I got no issue with the cops like that's that's I agree like there's a reason why we have police officers for situations of like a guy running around with a gun but we're talking about a dude who was sell- who's operating a business that sold beer and the only reason they went after his liquor license was because he said f you to their unconstitutional edict the cops want to enforce that okay they're, they're dirty they're dirty cops and uh you know maybe maybe I'll just put up billboards Dirty cops, and I'll and I'll and I'll I'll put them all over the place. Yeah, they protected Walmart. They protected Costco. They allowed all the businesses with connections to politicians to stay open. McDonald's, you could walk in there, get whatever you wanted, no problem. But but this guy who had a small business had to be shut down by these politicians now, Oath years breakers. after the, the these edicts, because a politician went to police officers and said, "Go enforce this," and the police officer said, "Yes, sir, I'll do it right away." And and all these back to blue guys need to face the reality because the national security state is being turned around on the people of America. It used to be that they were fighting, you know, terrorists, but that again, don't even get me started on all that. But, but you know, you do a lot of positive activism that you just mentioned in Baltimore. Well, is there a way to turn this situation and do some kind of positive activism here with this? Well, I wasn't even thinking that way. Well, I agree that we need to keep it to the individual and, you know, make it known that we're not painting with a broad brush. And yes, we do support the police, but we don't support the police when they are choosing as individuals to enforce unconstitutional legal mandates. But groups like Black Lives Matter, and I want to make it very clear, I don't support Black Lives Matter. But if they were smart, they're working. uh, All of these conversations seem limited to short term goals. If I were a part of Black Lives Matter and I really wanted to make a difference, I'd say join the police force become a policeman because then you are going to be the enforcer of the laws that you are for or against right and same for us as conservatives when we're calling out uh the sexualization of children within our schools well a long-term approach will be become a school board member become a city council member and become a teacher become the solution to the problem you're talking about in the long term. That would be more my positive activism as to actually uh, try to solve this from a long term perspective. Yeah, let's let's jump to this uh, story about uh, Joe Biden. This is from the Daily (laughs) Mail. Quote, I don't understand why I'm sitting. I'm still sitting here. My bags are packed. Devastated Paul Whelan breaks his silence from Russian penal colony as his brother slams his catastrophic exclusion from Brittany Griner prison swap. I'm ready to go home. Let me show you the truth. Jordan Schachtel says NBC News, a known state propaganda outlet, is participating in the cover-up operation. First edition versus stealth edited. In the original archive, it says, 
But the official said Russia has treated Wellen differently because he is an accused spy and that the Kremlin gave the White House the choice of either Griner or Wellen or none. They edited it to say the, they gave the White House the choice of either Griner or no one after different options were proposed. Because the reality is Joe Biden had a choice. This former U.S. Marine or a WNBA star. Now, the WNBA star hates America as much as he does and is part of the cult. So this is what Joe Biden chooses to do. Your values as an American who believes in people sacrificing for the greater good are not held by these people. And these are the people that have near, near just just absolute raw power in this country through ballot harvesting or otherwise. They control the institutions and they are the I view I view these people as a parasitic cult that is suckling the blood from this country and, and, and gutting it, ripping it to shreds. Yep. There was another aspect to this uh, prisoner swap deal that a lot of people are missing, and that was the involvement of the Saudi empire. Uh, Saudi Arabia, that by the way, the United States just declared immune for the Khashoggi killing. They, they literally cited Biden's administration's executive powers and, and, and stopped any further investigations and legal responsibility for the killing of Khashoggi uh, with Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, the country that negotiated this larger prisoner swap, with many people now speculating that this was a part of the deal of the United States getting uh, Brittany Grinder back to the United States. And, and it absolutely does make sense because, as we know, Biden was trying to do this before the midterm elections in order to try to get political uh, favors, in order to look uh, good to his base. He wasn't able to achieve that. This Saudi Arabian development does make sense now. And it wasn't just this former uh, U.S. vet that was screwed over here, but it was also the family of Khashoggi, uh, who also was connected to intelligence agencies as well, that was screwed over here as well. So, it's like, oh. I mean, Biden, it's kind of a smart move, in my point, in my opinion, over Waylon. It's, I dislike it, but you saw Micah Parsons on Twitter get absolutely roasted for saying, why is Griner coming home? And he's an athlete, famous athlete. Why is Griner coming home when we have a, a veteran overseas? And he got blasted by the the mob the twitter mob so biden knows who's paying attention to him you know i just i just don't view view the the leftists like the way i described it several months ago was i don't care what they think it's like asking me what the people of france think about my opinions like well we're not france you know i don't view them and 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 this is not a thing where I'm trying to say this because i i'm mad at this group of people or i don't like them i genuinely don't think since the pandemic when Biden came out and said, we're going to lock down, and I'm like, but red states aren't locking down. I went, oh, man, we're two different countries. That's just it. The left and right both agree. We are two different countries. But a lot of people on the right don't seem to get it. They keep saying our democracy, and people are like, we don't live in a democracy. It's a constitution. No, bro. <laughs> they're saying they have a democracy mm -hmm. you aren't a part of. So we got to do something. But it's not a democracy. They say it's a democracy, but it's an oligarchy. They're running it at the top behind the scenes. It's administrators and yeah. politicians and bankers. and Bureaunomy. That's a good word. Bu bureaucracy. I, I don't think bureaucracy really gets to the uh, element of the economic function of it. Though. That's why I say bureaunomy. Because it's like bureaucracy just implies there's like a system of paperwork and, and you know, bureaucrats running things. But it's also... The, the, the system of self, uh, system itself of, of who gets access to resources is, you know, the economic functions, functions of it. It's not just oligarchy. It's, uh, I guess you can just call it classical communism, right? Like Chinese, Chinese communist style. That's what it is. I think they're losing, you know, so I'm chill. 
the the exposure that we're getting out of the Twitter file stuff that seeing what they're doing behind the scenes and what the FBI has been doing. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, they're going to lose. They can't maintain this. But uh, I think what what helps is people realizing that uh, they're you don't share a system with them. Well, I'm not sure with this story that we need to really be focusing on on Brittany. And I just thought it was so and, and what I mean by that is, you know, the press secretary today was saying this is a victory for the gay community and black women everywhere. And I'm like, what? What what does that have to do with anything? The fact of the matter is we traded a terrorist an arms dealer that conspired to kill Americans that is responsible for deaths across the globe to our enemy, our adversary. And I just, I, I have to point this out. I just, uh, it sets terrible precedent and precedent, quite frankly, that was set under President Obama because I was looking at Bergdahl. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but President Obama traded five Guantanamo Bay uh, individuals that were a part of the Taliban uh, for that for that one uh, American who apparently, uh, according to sources, had uh, betrayed and run off. And then during President Trump, we had Americans that were freed from North Korea. We had the students that were freed from China. And we had Aya Hajazi and her husband that were freed from Egypt. Three different situations. And North Korea, who could be more hostile? Yeah, I, I think that is analogous to Russia or, or China, and President Trump didn't have to trade an arms dealer or terrorist in order to free those American citizens. And so that, that needs to be a part of the conversation. It has nothing to do with identity, gender, etc. It has to be at what point do we concede in order to get something back to America? And, and furthermore, I just want to also make the point, I think this is not unexpected from the very administration that gave billions uh, in military equipment to the Taliban to begin with. So this is something that uh, I'm not surprised or shocked. Yeah, at, I, I was going to say what the, what this guy is accused of doing is what the U.S. intelligence deep state has been doing for a number of years now. So let's just call a spade a spade here. He, it's a, he's a very fascinating guy because he started selling machetes and single shot rifles to Africa, then moved on to AK-47s. Uh, he was charged with conspiracy to kill Americans. The DAA said a couple months ago that his release would pose, quote, grave national security threat to the United States. He's also alleged to have tried to to sell missiles to blow up U.S. passenger airlines. He is alleged to have stolen $32 billion of weapons from Ukraine. These are, again, all allegations. This is this is where the movie by, um, I forgot the title, uh, by, um, what's his name, that, that weird face-looking guy? Quentin Tarantino. No, no. <laughs> Sorry, Quentin, I love you. Uh, Nicolas Cage. There's a Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That movie was cool. Th- that movie was based on this guy. The Oh, really? Yes. The, so, the, in, the beginning of the movie, is that where they shows the bullet? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. God of War. God of War. Yep. I think Was that's... It, no, hold on. Lord hold on. of War? Lord of War, something like that. Someone in the chat room will tell us, but the, but his life was, uh, you know, depicted in that particular movie by Nicolas Cage. Can I just... You know, you know the first thing I thought of when I heard this? Like Luke's mentioning this guy is like a wanted terrorist. He tried to kill Americans. He's selling missiles to U.S. enemies. He's, it's We've been warned that he's a tremendous threat. But we got Brittany Griner. And the first thing I think of is Dumb and Dumber. When the dude rides up on the little scooter, on the on the moped, 
And then he's like, what happened? He's like, I traded the van for it, 70 miles to the gallon. <laughs> and he's like, just when I think you couldn't do, you couldn't be any stupider, you go and do something like this and totally redeem yourself. <laughs> Trading your van for a, a, a pit bike. That's what this feels like. We had the merchant of death. And Biden's like, well, we do need a D-list celebrity back in the country. That's what the that's what the you know corporate media is calling him, and it was Lord of War, the movie. If you haven't watched it yet, I thought I thought yeah. it was a great movie. I was very entertained by it, and it's based off real life events off of this particular guy. Now, the other side of the story is that a lot of this is trumped up charges that this was personally directed as a major political hit job against Putin because he was pretty much working within the Russian uh, intelligentsia deep state selling weapons where the Russian government couldn't officially sell weapons to. So again, the United States does this as well his main crime was again financing al-qaeda and isis and uh, that's literally what the united states did as well so your tax dollars went to doing that this guy did it as well and he was held in he was he was held in look, kept, look. Uh, uh, captive in 2010 and was supposed to sent uh, was supposed to serve a 25 year sentence i got i i got standards right i mean i got principles Brittany Griner should not be getting charged and, and locked up like she was in, in Russia and all that stuff. For American weed. Citizens, for weed, right? For yeah, possession? it was a, it was a, a weed was pen. A THC uh, yeah. uh, vapor or something. Compulsible. And so, so, you know, look, I think it's silly, but she did break Russian law. I just don't, you know, and, and you got to abide by the rules, but we can we can do some kind of trade. I got no problem with that. I think Brittany Griner should be back home in the United States. Um, I'm just sitting here being like, when it comes to swapping the Lord of War, Merchant of Death, <laughs> can't we do a little better? This has got to be like the worst. Biden needs to read The Art of the Deal. Yes. like Because he, he has no idea how to negotiate this stuff. He just traded, I'm saying, a van for a pit bike. Yeah. And, and when you look at the way that uh, Donald Trump handled negotiations, especially when it came to prisoner swaps, he did a way better job, especially when it came to the situation in Turkey. I believe there was a pastor that was being held there. Donald Trump wanted him back in the United States. And then he started to tweet about how uh, the lira was a crap currency. The currency started to go down and Turkey was demanding very uh, tough requests from the United States and then ended up not giving up anything, according to the official story. And the way he handled that was, uh, I think, a lot better. And again, I'm critical of Donald Trump. You guys know that. Obviously, in the chat room, I see it every single day. But I think the way he handled that was a lot better than what uh, Biden just did now. Biden's looking for a flash in the pan. He constantly looks for these like little shocks, bright light flashes to keep people interested. That's what it seems like. This is a yep. publicity stunt, really, more than anything for him, I think. Although I'm glad Britney's back. You know, well, she was. A, be let, let's be honest. She was a political prisoner, right? She was held there captively. Uh, sentenced for eight years in, in a very tough Russian jail. I, I wouldn't want to, to be in her situation. She was there because uh, she was playing basketball. Uh, she was getting paid to play basketball there. And, um, you know, to me, no one should be charged for eight years for a substance that they want to personally use themselves. To me, that idea is just absolutely insane. Uh, so clearly, the Russian government was holding her as a political pawn. And clearly, that political pawn played off and has been incentivized by this larger trade deal, which at the end of the day only incentivizes Russia to do this again to other American oh, citizens wow. that are in Russia, if you really do think about this. I want to lighten things up a Agreed. little bit. You know, it's, it's, we're dealing with some dark subjects, and we got a really dark subject in, in, in a bit, but let's, let's, uh, let's, let's start with something that's going to give everybody a good laugh. Here we go from The Guardian. Twitter sued for disproportionately firing female workers after Musk buyout. 
The proposed class action lawsuit alleges that after the takeover, 57% of women were laid off compared with 47% of men. The reason why I say that's funny is because there's that meme where Elon Musk, he he did this. He sent an email saying, will you make the pledge to work hard? Yes or no? If no, you will be laid off and get three months severance. And then this data comes out where they're like 57% of the people who got laid off were women. So first, I understand Elon Musk did lay off a bunch of people immediately without question. But then he came back with that who wants to work hard and who doesn't. So you've got a few things here. Is it that 10% uh, proportionally more women were like, I would not want to work hard? There's an article from uh, the Washington Post that says Elon Musk's vision of working late hours at the cost of sleep, family and friends is retrograde. And it was like it's like written by a woman. And I'm just kind of like, you know, the sound, uh, the, the idea of working 16 hours a day at the cost of all of those things is appealing to me. Is there is there something where there's like a difference between men and women on this one? We know that uh, women tend to be subject oriented. Men tend to tend to be object oriented. Is that the cause of this or is there just a simple there were more women working in comms and more comms people got fired. There were more men working in engineering, so less of them got fired or something like that. It's that meme, you know what I mean? Where uh, before Twitter, it's all women and then after it's mm-hmm. all men. Or do you guys think Elon's sexist? What do you think? I, I don't have a funny answer to it, <laughs> but I would probably just say that 57% or a good percentage maybe cared about that they had that uh, disamplification or disenhancement. You know, they were taking away visibility from people that they didn't agree with. And they simply were just saying, okay, if Elon's going to take over and if he's not going to censor these beliefs that we don't agree with, I don't want to work for that company. And and, and it's not that big of a margin. What is it, 57%? I mean, how how do you quantify that, especially when it's, you know, a few hundred people? What, What was that, a few thousand people? Well, I mean, here's the issue, too. There were more men working for the company than women. So this means more men got fired than women. But when you compare only men to men and women to women, then the percentages make it seem like more women got fired. Yeah, this feels like it's just a frivolous lawsuit meant to entangle Elon Musk and to stop him from doing other things and to drain away his resources. Uh, That's just my initial reaction to this. I could be wrong, but I highly doubt a lot of the decisions were based off sexist decisions by Elon Musk. Uh, To me, there's no evidence showing that at all. And it's a ridiculous claim, in my opinion. Yeah, I find, um, I don't know, there's a tendency for men to be more obsessed with science, tech, and things, and women to be more obsessed with people and, emo- and, and like things like that. Especially when it comes to coding. Especially when especially it comes to when developing. It comes to coding. Uh, Sitting and, in a room building. for 16 hours without a shower and stinking is, I'm okay with it. I do that <laughs> almost every day, in fact. I like it. Um, but I, most women I know like to be clean, especially because they need to be clean for health reasons, cleaner than men. Well, it's not just that, but, but predominantly men like to, of course, be engineers, like to build and develop. Women like to organize. Women like to keep things orderly. Not always, but, but more generally speaking, that's the case here. And when we look at the jobs at Twitter, they're going to be not doing what they did before. They're going to be developing essentially what is the next WeChat here in the United States and encompassing everyday life, which is going to include a lot of coding, a lot of hard engineering work in order to develop the app of everything, the X app, as Elon Musk has called it. So uh, that's not going to attract a lot of people who aren't going to be able to tell people what to say and what to think and to shadow ban them because they can't do that anymore. I think there was a lot of administrative bloat at Twitter, a bunch of middle management, and maybe they were more women and 
middle management. Maybe there were more guys. I mean, in we tech. saw the videos. They're like, oh yeah, we got free wine. I yeah, know. We're gonna go on the roof and, and we're gonna hang out. Elon came in and like, no, <laughs> if you have a stop that right now. And then and then uh, obviously this is so retrograde. I want wine and Legos. Yeah, I it, guess it depends on what you want to do with your tech company, but I find like you want about ninety percent of your employees to be programmers. I don't know, maybe that's a little off base. I have only run one tech company. I didn't really run it myself. I helped run it. But remember what was it? Polly Pocket. You remember that thing? Yeah. What What was the dude version? Max something. Mighty Max. Mighty Max. Was that what it was? I was all about it. Yeah, and it was like you had a little thing and you'd open it and you had mm -hmm. a little guy you move, and then the girl version was the Polly Pocket. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I'll throw I'll throw a bone to the left people millennials were socialized very very differently young women play with different toys than than young boys and that leads them to be very different when they're older that's going to have an impact on how people want to work in their jobs the way they're raised that that i will i will say outright so at, at the very least that could be the case i'll also say one of the tricks that they that the left uses is they turn the out the 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 obvious and overt differences between men and women into Racism, misogyny, discrimination, etc. Or I should say, in this instance, misogyny turned into sexism. If uh, women need more sick days than men for, you know, health reasons, you will then see if you look at. I, I'd be willing. I, I'd, be, I'd be willing to bet, but I could be wrong. I'm interested to see. Do women take off more sick leave than men? What more, do you guys think? More time. I would imagine just if if raising families is involved, but that's not super common. No, no, sick sick leave. Just take days Getting off. Getting sick, sick. And, be, and having a hard time working. Do you think men or women more likely to? I don't know for sure, but my my personal view is like I, I bet women would because women have health issues and I got no issue with that. But imagine if I then went into the directory and said, for some reason, all of these women are abusing the healthcare system. Certainly, it's what's going on, right? Men and women are, are different. The, the, the genders are bimodal. It means there's two big bell curves. They overlap greatly, but there are some differences. If this means that women overwhelmingly work in comms and men overwhelmingly work in engineering, then when the layoffs come and they say we're laying off communications and it disproportionately affects women, they then ignore that fact of the differences between men and women and say, ah, the, the fact that he fired more women proves that he's a sexist and it's and it's illegal discrimination. But in reality, you don't need a huge bloated comms unit in a tech company. I don't think so. They are obviously, I guess when you get to the level that Twitter's at, you become a bit more of a communications department than you are when you're a startup tech platform because the government wants to come talk to people and have you have departments of people that are doing communications and stuff. So maybe I could see that changing, but... You know, for the benefit of the good of the, the future of the uh, network, I don't think you need massive comms. You need I, I was right. According to the Department of Labor, women take around 32 days, I think, uh, uh, is per year, and men take 25. Huh. They got ovaries. Yeah. Well, quite frankly, yeah. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. From the very people that have been censoring us and there was no rationale behind it. There was no policy that actually you know, said, said that's what we were doing. I have trouble believing the very people that were lying about the reasons why we were censored in the first place 
that they are being discriminated against to begin with. And quite frankly, I mean, I don't I don't think I have sympathy for them. You know, it's kind of like when CNN is laying off people. Certainly, I don't want anybody to be out of a job and not be able to provide for their family. But it's like if you've been maligning us and doing horrible things to us, I'm not sure I have sympathy for you when you are losing your job. I got I got more data in terms of general leave, just not even sick. Women take, uh, what is it, 34 days versus men's 21 days. Hmm. That's interesting. It's like twice as much. And it says primarily right. they take longer leaves for a new child. Women take 54 days versus men taking 18. But I, I totally get it. Like, I don't, I don't expect a guy to take 54 days. He didn't birth this child. <laughs> you know, I think, women would des- I think women deserve that time off. I think men should get a, a good amount of time off to be with their kids. Don't get me wrong. But I mean... That's just biological differences. It's going to manifest in various ways. They want more time off. What if Elon went in and said, fire anybody who took more than 30 days off this year? Mm. He didn't say anything about women, but that would get rid of more women than men, right? Are these uh, full-time employees? I see down here at the bottom, it says uh, 3,700. Are, are these full-time employees? Are these people that are so. working one day yeah. a week? I'd be curious to see the those numbers. I don't know if they have them, but... I think a lot of people were considered full time, but were remoting in and were like, you know, just doing bare minimum. And that's part mm-hmm. of Elon's issue with it. it. It blows my mind to think that if an owner of a company comes in and is like, someone's doing a patch up, like, you're doing a bad job. I've given you some warnings. You're fired. And they're like, you're firing me because I'm white. I'm like, no, I'm firing you because you suck. Get out. No, it's because I'm tall. You're firing me because I'm a woman, because I'm black. Like, dude, you suck at your job. Get out. End of story. Why do you get to pick? social politics and bring that into it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, the woke people live in this world where everything is based on race or identity. It's just such a cop out. Instead of looking at, you know, instead of looking at the data and being like, Hmm, I wonder, I wonder why more women take time off. Nope. Nope. It's, it's, it's discrimination. You know, I bet there are situations where it's not a cop out, so I shouldn't speak for all time, but there are many, many times when I think the best, the worst people will get fired and it has nothing to do with your identity. It's purely because of your ability or, or because you just, your, your position isn't needed anymore. You know, you got to be so good that the company needs you. You got to make your position so valuable that the company can't run without it. I mean, that's one way to do it. The left wants companies to keep on bad employees because of the employee's identity. That just, terrible, that terrible. just doesn't work. It's good on paper. Yeah, well, you know, and then you get bridges that collapse and stuff like that. You should see the laws that they have in California when it comes to boards and uh, <laughs> their regulations there, which is, again, absolutely insane. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of data suggesting that, you know, men do work more days in a year on average than, than women do. Does this have an effect here? Uh, maybe. I think so. I think this cycle has happened a lot in history. And what I don't want to happen is for it to become where people resent let's pick women, for instance, or some sort of class of human, a female, white, black, you know, whatever, that people, because the job, the, the companies start to suffer because they're forced to have a certain amount of women and a certain amount of men, and maybe it doesn't matter the qualifications, that people will start to resent those people, those underqualified people that got the position on identity. And then if the system really falls apart, there's going to be massive amounts of resentment. And then you'll start over with this really like extreme system where people are like women are the women people have actually joked about repealing the 19th amendment because they're so frustrated with this stuff wait 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 wait. what do you mean joked yeah exactly it's not if some people haven't even joked they just say it's it might well, maybe we should strip women's right to vote because they're so pissed off well that pe- women are being forced into positions they're not qualified for for identity purposes what what is a woman ian good question tim good question so i tweeted that um now that we know that biological sex isn't real 
we should repeal the 19th Amendment because it's become redundant. Right? I'm telling you. Well, why would you need it if biological sex isn't real? The 19th Amendment specifically says the right to vote shall not be, uh, in, you know, abridged or whatever, or uh, whatever the word is. Uh, so you, you can't, it, it says sex, specifically says sex, that the right to vote will not be stopped because of your sex. But if the left's position is that biological sex doesn't exist anymore, well, then we don't need the 19th Amendment. Everybody agrees. No, no, seriously. If they, if, if, so I, that's the first question I have. You go to, you go to conservatives like, you know, Milo or whatever. He's, he says outright, you know, repeal the 19th. Lydia. She says, repeal the 19th. And it's like, okay, well, you know, like, I personally don't agree with that. But I'm also not somebody who thinks biological sex uh, doesn't exist. I think it does. So then, fine. Here's my pitch to Milo and to Lydia. Go to leftists and say, is biological sex a real thing? When they say no, be like, okay, would you like to sign this petition to repeal the 19th Amendment, which specifically grants voting rights based on sex? That's, that's transphobic, isn't it? Okay, great. Then when they sign it, there you go. Get your petitions, get your, your, your two-thirds of states, Article 5 convention or whatever, and then you can repeal the 19th. But the reality is men and women are different. They have, women have ovaries, genetically, sexually are different creations. You know, maybe gender is a conversation is worth having that people have different, you know, gender identities, whatever. But biological sex is very real. It's very real. We were all born of a woman. As far as I know, all of us here probably were. You guys? I was. I had a mom and a dad, sperm and an egg, female and a male. They work together. You sound like a bigot. <laughs> How dare you express these opinions? I mean, uh, I have to disavow immediately. Um, Scott, do you disavow Ian? Absolutely. Thank you. Not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, good. I think good. a lot of times personalities get labeled as gender identities too. And it's just like people are different. Men and women are different. People are different. We all come from different backgrounds, different cultures. And there's too often people are trying to put you in a little box, say, this is what you are. And it's just like, yo, be an individual, you know? Dude, that's awesome. Thinking of it as a personality trait difference instead of a gender difference. It doesn't have to be gender just because your personality feels mm -hmm. like something. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, it's just so ironic, you know, because they're they're looking for these immutable characteristics as diversity, but they won't include diversity of thought, of ideology, of religion. Of that's too much. That's else. too much. We got to keep it superficial here, you know. <laughs> so, so they 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 took the video down. It was a it was a debate between Jordan Peterson and this professor. The video is now unavailable, but the quote was. Basically, it's not correct that there is such a thing as biological sex. Uh, he said, I'm a historian of medicine. I can break that down in great detail, but for the purpose, you know, sake of time, I won't. And uh, it was a Jordan Peterson having a debate on gender. So, and this is 2016. If that's the position they want to take, I mean, man, that's six years ago. Six years ago. This is, this is a long time. That means a 12-year-old who was not paying attention to po politics back then is voting now. That's crazy. And they don't think that biological sex exists. All right. Well, then the 19th Amendment doesn't need to exist either. I think it's okay that biological sex exists. It's so weird when people conflate sex and gender, too. I don't like that. The sex thing is just I, blatantly real. Sex is real. Like, male and, man and women are, are both I, here together. I got to say, though, I, I don't see how they argue themselves away from that one. The 19th Amendment explicitly says on the basis of sex, if they don't think it exists, then what is the basis for the 19th Amendment? Simply put. Ask them. Ask your lefty friends calmly. And do you think we should have a 19th Amendment? Yeah, the, the one that, it, it, you know what that does? It affirms in the Constitution that biological sex is real. That, that's transphobic, right? Well, then we got to get rid of it. It doesn't necessarily affirm because there could be zero women 
and the 19th Amendment could still be there. It just wouldn't be affecting anyone. So what they see, that could be a situation where they're like, hey, there are no sexes. So let's repeal the redundancy. And then all of a sudden they're like, actually, there are sexes. You guys are going to have to work to get an amendment in the Constitution to get to vote again. Like, no, 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 no. Everyone's able to vote now. That's, that's hey, look, if they want to remove their own right to vote, then people can vote away their right to vote, I guess. It's their view, not mine. Hey, let's move on to the next story. <laughs> yes. You guys ready to go in some dark territory? Yeah, man. <laughs> Did you guys see that commercial that was glorifying euthanasia? Where the woman was like, I can choose to die. And then like they're all dancing around her or whatever. She didn't want to die. She wanted to live. But they wouldn't give her the care she needed so she could live. So she opted to die instead. Wow. Because the state, this is California, uh, I'm sorry, this is Canada. I don't mean like the United States. I mean like the government state said, well... We can't give you the adequate health care you need, but we can't kill you. And she said, fine. From the National Post, woman featured in pro-euthanasia commercial wanted to live, say friends. Quote, I feel like I'm falling through the cracks. So if I'm not able to access health care, am I then able to access death care? Hatch said in a CTV interview. So when they did the commercial showing this woman about how she wanted to die because she had a connective tissue disorder. What they omitted from that was that she had given interviews and that her friends had pleaded to give her the care she needed because she didn't want to die. Now, in Canada, they're currently having a debate over whether or not to extend euthanasia to children. Mm. So, uh, you know, this morning when I see the Project Veritas stuff, I'm like, oh, I'm going to put on some 90s commercials. I'm going to do it tomorrow, too. Just zone out and be like, oh, yeah, cheeseburgers for 50 cents. What do you guys think about assisted suicide? What about you? What do you think, Scott? Well, in regards to the story, I just think it's disgusting that <laughs> it's cheaper to kill someone to than to keep them alive. And I think that's what it comes down to money. And, uh, you know, we've seen that from everything from pharmaceuticals, you know, the trying to get rid of competition, because if it means that there's a cheaper solution to keep somebody alive, affects somebody's pocketbooks, they're willing to try to destroy that competition, which... <laughs> is going to make people pay more in order to to stay alive. I just think it's altogether disgusting. It's like the government has an invested interest in, in killing people and depopulating them and making sure that they no longer exist. It's like almost everything they do and they incentivize goes down this one very dark path. Uh, the, the, the Daily Caller has a very interesting article that's headlined, Euthanasia is now a leading cause of death in Canada. Mm. Yeah, so, three 3%. 3% of all deaths in Canada were people being killed by the state. Yeah. At what point is it genocide? That's a, That's a good question. question. Well, it's a question that I think a lot of people should be asking themselves. The world is just upside down. You know, I, I recently had a, a health scare, very ill, went to the hospital. And because I've been frugal, because I've saved every cent, because um, I'm with mom and dad. I'm in a 2005 Honda Civic. I'm not living the lap of luxury. And because that I haven't spent every cent, I'm actually being penalized for that. Where if my bank account said $0, then I would be getting better health care than being a responsible fiscal citizen. And it's just uh, every aspect of our society, we seem to reward irresponsibility and we reward uh, not having accountability and transparency. Unemployment is exactly that. They'll say, don't get a job or you'll lose your, your free money. So don't get a job. As soon as you get a job, you lose your unemployment check. So there's no incentive. 
Yeah. And then you're you're watching and you're saying, oh, I can't make this much money because then I won't receive government assistance. And there's no incentive to better your life. Why should I? I'm going to be taken care of. It, they used tri, tribal life used to be much more hard. I would, I mean, they would, if you couldn't walk, you're there. They leave you on the ground as they all have to travel on to find food somewhere else. You can't keep up. Sorry, grandpa or whatever. Maybe they throw you in the back of a wagon, but if you're just going to eat lettuce and just waste our, the tribe's food and not contribute at some point, like harsh reality takes over. But now we're in a society where like people are severely obese, severely uh, depressed. unhealthy, depressed, not even contributing to society because they're so depressed. And they're still like, trying to support those people and have those people breed and like make more of that, it feels like. No, they're doing the opposite of that. They're trying to make sure that they don't breed, that they don't have families, that they don't reproduce, that they get oh, eliminated and but, destroyed. But people get money for having more kids. They'll get no, they like, more social security and stuff or more um, yeah, government get, payments well, tax per benefits. kid. Yeah. It depends on what jurisdiction you're in. It depends on what state you're in. And it's just enough to keep you floating, but but never enough to prosper, just to keep you dependent on, on the government. But that, I mean, that's what they want. They want a UBI. And in, and in some senses, in some jurisdictions, they already have that. But what they're doing in Canada seems absolutely draconian seems absolutely i would even go as far as to say evil uh there's a new bill c7 that wants to allow minors to be able to be euthanized by state doctors without the consent of their parents that's literally the laws that they're trying to pass there and they're they're ruling that mentally ill minors are legally allowed to uh be be, you know euthanized against the will of their parents so Um, especially with mental health being so just I want you guys to imagine something. You know, we've seen this stuff with Florida, with the uh, parental rights and education. Imagine it's either you or someone you know, or just a, a third party. Kid doesn't come home from school. Parents get worried. 14 year old teenage girl or something. So they call the police, they call the school, the school says, uh, we, don't, we don't have anything to tell you, we're sorry. They say, what? What's going on? Well, we don't know. They call the police, the police are like, okay, we'll look into it. The next day, a, uh, uh, someone from the school, from the administration with the police show up, knock on the door, and say, we didn't want to tell you this yesterday because it's none of your business, but yesterday your child opted for medical assistance in dying, and we assisted your child in going to the doctor and receiving a device which killed them. Which assisted them in their own death. You can go claim the body. Mm. I mean, talk. I know you've said like the the violence of like watching kids get sterilized against their parents' will. Watching a kid get killed against their parents, like without their parent. I mean, that's complete topsy turvy, insane. If you world. look, I know this is Canada, but with the Veritas stuff we saw last night. Was probably, it was probably one of the most shocking things I have ever heard. It's bad enough. We see these books, like we got Gender Career sent on the table. Ian bought it. And you look at the images in this and you're like, Amazon says this book is for adults only, but they're giving it to grade school kids and putting it in their library. Then you hear from Veritas a guy bragging about how he's got adult objects for children with explanations of how to spit on them to insert them and things like that. And as soon as I heard that, I said, you can come to me with any political theory, political story. But if you don't think that we're headed towards some kind of civil conflict, then I would just say you're wrong. It's one thing when Joe Biden weaponizes the DOJ. Sure, it's overtly political. 
But when you hear a story like what came out of Veritas, or when you hear these stories about what's going on in Canada, they want to euthanize children without alerting the parents. Quite literally, the state, the government of Canada is proposing, they're debating whether or not they can take your child without telling you and kill them. What's the name of that bill again? B Bill C-7. Kill yeah. your kid. In a way... The government wants, in Canada, wants to kill your child. I'm open to... I know... Sorry, oh. just... I know Canada's not the United States, but I'm saying we are dangerously close to that line where, where people are just going to say, nope. I'm open to, like, assisted suicide. I always have kind of been like, if someone wants to kill themselves, they're going to do it. I mean, maybe not. Maybe not. People have been brought back from the edge. But if, for, my buddy hung himself during COVID. You know, it wrecked me. But whatever. It's still wrecking me right now. Um, if... It, but I, no one could. I don't think anyone could have stopped him. He wanted. To, he was. He was finished. And uh, but the kid to do it to a kid, especially someone on a pharmaceutical drug that's you know, already depressed because of you, the drug. Do you know about the documentary on the Golden Gate Bridge? We've talked about it before. Uh, yeah, yeah. Every single person who survived jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge said, as soon as they jumped, they regretted jumping, and they realized that all of their problems in life could have been solved except having just jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. They were happy to be alive. Most people who get past the depression and suicide are happy to be alive. It is temporary. It can be, you can be saved. The government, they said this in 2017, they could save $140 million by killing people instead of treating them. This is the nightmare scenario of government health care. The system has to be paid for somehow. The system gets strained. People aren't getting, there's, there's long lines, there's complaints, people start protesting and they say, okay, we need to figure out how to free up the system. I got it. We just kill people. That's what Canada is doing. To save money and treat people, they will kill those. This is like, it's, 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 it's governmental Darwinism. Well, think about. Or eugenics or democide, another way of you know, saying it. Sorry, go ahead. No, just think about COVID. You know, we had doctors who were saying that we shouldn't be treating patients who were suffering from COVID because they didn't make the choice to get the vaccine. And, you know, similar to what we saw with the censorship from Twitter, I, th I think it's really no different. Who is in control is going to be deciding who gets benefited from the government. And, and same for what we were talking about earlier with the Britney decision. The Marine wasn't chosen. The American loving freedom fighting Marine was discarded over the gay black woman basketball player because it was decided by the government that that person was more important than the other person. And that's exactly what we would see from government-decided healthcare. You know, just think about uh, a young person versus an old person. If they made the decision, why, why would they choose to give the kidney to the older person? Because they would probably say, oh, they've got less life to live. They've got less value. They already did that here in the United States when it came to deciding who's going to get care based on their uh, skin color. In, in Houston, people were denied life-saving treatment because they weren't black. Because they were they they weren't in the stereotype they weren't a, a minority according to the group and they were saying well too bad you're you're a young male and you can't get this treatment which is absolutely insane this is why I'm gonna open a hotel that's gonna have four floors and each is a suite 
And each one is a is a decade, the 90s, the, the 80s, the 70s, and the 60s. And you'll go in like the 90s hotel and everything's from the 90s. You turn the TV on, it's good old 90s TV, and you can forget about all of the insanity. <laughs> Just plug into this this fake world. The windows will have TVs instead of windows. It's, so not, it's not real steak. No, it is. It will be real steak. It tastes it real, but it's not real. The pizza box from the 90s from Pizza Hut. And the Pizza Hut guy shows up with a smile on his face, 30 minutes or it's free. And he hands you a little book it thing for your kid. I'm making a Matrix reference, you know. Yeah. Cypher was like, why would you go back into the real world when you can live in the Matrix and taste this delicious steak? And, and they're like, because it's not real in the Matrix. You're just, you know, but, you know. Maybe and then what a- we'll do is we'll actually, we'll build a big complex on like 50 acres and we'll create a 90s city just so that like, think about it, you know? Only landlines, no cell phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 well, I mean, your phone will work because you're there, but it'll be like a theme park. And you'll go in and everything's 90s. It'll be like walking into a 90s downtown. There'll be like a TV store. There'll be cassette tapes. People riding bikes all over the place. Silver yep. diners just, everywhere. Silver <laughs> diners, you know? You see Friends is on TV. And then it can just wash away all of the troubles. All of the troubles. There's no Ubers. They're just bikes. You have to bike around everywhere, get some exercise. The 90s, I thought, were really depressing. They were cool, but it was like, because it was depressing, people made the best of it. In the early 90s, Kurt Cobain was horribly depressed. But, but, but Ian, just imagine... You're walking down the street, there's a guy, and then, you know, he waves to you, and then all of a sudden he's carrying, he's carrying a boombox on his shoulder, and then you hear the radio DJ say, you know, and now, the, the big hit, Inside Out, by Eve Six, oh, sweeping yeah. the nation, because people carry boomboxes on their shoulders, and that, I, that, at least that's what TV, TV tells me, and then you just, you, you, you won't remember any of the troubles outside of this, this theme park, and the, and the euthanasia, and, and all that stuff. Okay, I'm kidding, but we gotta go to Super Chats. <laughs> So if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, become a member at TimCast.com. We're going to have a members only show coming up for you. Uncensored, not censored, uncensored. But let's read. Jay Marie says, Ian, you're almost there, brother. Your desire to find the truth will lead you in a proper direction. My latest is articulating the points you have been saying lately. It's three minutes and called Change the World, Jay Marie Thesis Podcast. Dude, I made a video called Change the World that was about three minutes too in 2007. That proves it. Or, or you, we are changing. We are changing the world. It was something like that. It's on YouTube. Black. Oh, oh yeah, go on. No, go ahead. Uh, I think I figured out. I kept saying that if you don't make not, me copyright you, if you don't believe in, if you don't believe in God, you're not Jewish. I was saying that a couple like last week. I'm starting to wonder, and I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm doing some research on the history of Israel, and I think what happened is the Ju- Judaism comes from Judah, the son of Jacob. Jacob was known as Israel. God called him Israel after he wrestled with an angel, and so like they're really Israeli. Like the culture is Israeli, comes from Jacob, the tribe of Jacob. And then the, 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 the but the, the problem is then the belief in God and the understanding all kind of infuses into the culture and becomes like their constitution. So it's tough to. I have, I have a potential separate. solution for you. Talk to a rabbi. Yeah, uh, multiple rabbis. Yeah. I'm so down. And again, Bryson Gray last night, fantastic Let's conversation. Bring back Hershey. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Heshi. 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 Heshi Tischler, my man. Bring him on. Love to. All right, here we go. Black Lion Grunt says, Tim, in your 90s hotel, you must have a Nintendo 64 with GoldenEye, Mario Kart yes. 64, Star Fox, and Perfect Dark. And on one of the TV channels, the Fraser Saga of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, you know it. <laughs> I have, uh, uh, I already have an N64 with all those games. But someone sent me this website. It's like my90stv.com. It was, that, was that what it was? Yeah. Something uh, like that. Let me see if I still have it. And on. I turned it on, and it was uh, Dragon Warrior, the anime, was on one of the channels. Hmm. And it's like, it's, it's, I think Akira Toriyama is it the guy who does the art for that. My nineties TV. It's nine zero S my nineties TV.com. And you can, it's like you turn the TV on and it plays shows. Oh man. I saw a commercial for friends. 
It's like Ross is going to ask out Rachel or something. I don't know. I don't watch Friends. <laughs> All right. Seth Weather says, I didn't pay Scott to wear that shirt, but I would have. Ballot Harvest 2024. Seth Weathers. He did. He sent it to me. <laughs> Ballot Harvesting 2024. What do we got? I Red think Wing. Be, oh, sorry. I would just think that'd be very popular. You know, at your 90s hotel, you have like a Rugrats room. You have like a Mario Party room. I think really that would be a moneymaker. Well, the idea is like, it's an apartment that looks like from the 90s. You turn the TV on and it's playing a bunch of channels, like a legitimate full channel guide of 90s shows, back to back, the news, everything's at five o'clock, the five o'clock news comes on. On the fridge will be like a Pizza Hut thing and when you call it, it just goes to our guys, but then they'll make a pizza for you, put it in the old school pizza box and bring it with like a, some with like RC or whatever. Dude, if, if we're talking about four player Goldeneye, man, rocket launchers in the temple. That's or right. Or proximity mines in the complex. I think we'll have a bunch of like 50 year old dudes. Being like, oh man, I remember this back in the day. It's so wanna... slow when I play it now. Have you guys played Goldeneye? Did you ever play Goldeneye back in the day? Oh yeah, it was so fat. It was so awesome. Now it's real slow. Like everything moves half yeah. speed, and they just people keep thinking faster and faster. You go in the vents and you plant the mines, so when they <laughs> yep. spawn, they instantly die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Red Wing Blackbird says Elon Musk didn't Vince Foster himself. I wonder. Um, what, I wonder what that one means. Mm. I wonder what the, what that one means. Huh? That, that person is in the know. They, they know what's going on. Mimic says, so libs of TikTok was set to not safe for work for sharing things happening in schools full of children. So it's not safe for work, but totally fine for kids. These people make me want to throw up. Yeah. Okay. Rilo says, hey, Tim, I pray you're all right, man. Could get a nightly news host only around for one show opener, 1950s style dry reporting of national news. Someone separate from opinion content. I get my news here. Um... Yeah, we could. We're 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 uh, sort of inadvertently building out a twenty-four hour news channel hmm. because uh, we you know we do the show every night eight to ten, but then we started you know pop culture crisis. Brett and uh, Mary hosting it, and they do three to five, I believe, and now we're doing um, gamer maids at uh, uh, I think what was that five to seven or something like that. I think so. I'm not one hundred percent sure. Uh huh. They chose that name, and I had to say it that way on purpose. Gamer, comma, maids. Not, not, oh, not gamer maids. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's the name they wanted. I don't know. Whatever. Theme is optional. And everyone that laughed when they heard it. It took a second, it, so. but it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's because it, they're, they're gamers and, and they're maids, like maidens or something, I guess. <laughs> you know, so ga- sure. gamer maids. Maybe gamer maidens yeah, might be gamer a better maidens. <laughs> this sounds gamer better. Gamer maidens. <laughs> but is a mermaiden like, a lady mermaid or something? I think so, no. All right. Okay. Um, Kat Osterhout says, Tim, last night in the after show, you, Ian, and Serge gave the most beautifully, beautifully balanced scientific explanations for evolution without excluding the divine for the equation. Thanks for the deep dive. Yeah, basically, last night we had this really long conversation with Bryson Gray. And I'll just try and summarize. I think the position that we all had was, I believe in God. There is, a, there, there is a system in place where things are happening, and the mechanism by which God created the universe, we only understand a tiny bit of, but the formation of the universe, atoms, particles, that's all the structure created by God, and, and, and you, you watch it, you know, happen, I guess. At least, like, we watch it happen in the tiniest bit. So, you know, Bryson was saying he didn't believe in evolution. He thought that none of this could be random, but my view was, like, it's not random. It's God's plan. It's like 
everything is happening in this way that leads to this conclusion on purpose. Fibonacci sequence, you see it in nature a lot, like this mm -hmm. chirality of imbalance of nature, where at some point in the growth process, something will just create uh, a differential. Someone left a great comment on uh, TimCast.com on the video about chirality. And I think when he was saying like, why does it become a tree? He was more, maybe he was really want to know, how does it become a tree? And that's a question of like, how is it happening? Well, I don't know if any of us can really answer that. All right, here's a good one. Eric Miller says, Tim, you and Luke pushed fake news. Y'all said Bryson Gray was the third rapper on IRL, but you've had Zuby, Rucka Rucka Ali, and I've heard Alex Stein, Primetime 99, has some bars as well. Mm -hmm. I demand a retracto alpaca immediately. Well, they're not really rappers now. No. I mean, they're more like commentators, social media personalities. No, no, no. I mean, but, but the other people are known just for being rappers, right? Well, Zuby's known for breaking the woman's world record. No, well, Zuby was, a, was, was doing rap well before any of that. So just because you heard of him from, from something else, doesn't course, take away. Of course, and he, he's he doesn't got, he's, fit in a box. He's an everyman. Yeah, and and he's got a bunch of songs. He did a song with. Uh, didn't he? He worked with Bryson Gray, and he's on Spotify. So Rucka Rucka Ali, also fair point. But we did say this in the show. We did correct and said, "Oh yeah, we were wrong about that." So um, and it's not a retracto alpaca. That's a that's a veritas thing. We have correcto, which is the uh, it, it is the um, legally distinct version of the, the alpaca. And correcto is when we make a mistake, we pull out correcto the alpaca to admit it. Whereas with James O'Keefe, when he forces someone else to correct their mistake, retracto comes out to gloat. Yeah, ours is derivative and a, a total knockoff. That's the gag. There's, a, there's an alpaca farm out here and they sell these little things. You can see it's behind <laughs> yeah, Scott it's behind right Scott. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ooh, some of the, oof. Taking Back Toxic says libs of TikTok can sue Twitter and then Elon can fire the SIP team for cause and terminate their golden parachutes and pay out damages from that. But didn't he fire them already, you know, fire these guys? Maybe he didn't. Imagine Nawaz was talking about how there's some like British intelligence guys working at Twitter or something like that. We got to get him on the show. Imagine. Yeah, he has yet to be on IRL, I think. No, has we, he been on once? Didn't we have him on recently? He was at the event with us at Mines. I don't think I haven't seen him lately. But imagine, I love, I mean, he's one of, I, one of my great friends. I think of him as a great friend. I've only met him a couple times or once, but I, I love him. He's just so insightful. I could have sworn we had him on, but did we not have him on? Yeah, I think we did. We did. But I want to have him on again. We have a lot of, lot of people on the show, like four or 500 people or something. Yeah, crazy. A lot of people come through these doors. Talon86 says, so do we start a Tim Pool was right jar? No. It's like, I don't know, man. It's a coin toss over here. Mostly... I'll put it this way. Here's, here's what I say. You know what we get right? We get right the, 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 the contemporary news. When the Covington kid things happen, thing happens, we don't just pile on and, 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 and jump on the crowd of what was wrong. We say, hold on there a minute, and we try our best to get it right. That also means people are going to call me a milquetoast fence sitter for not outright just saying this is what happened because I would prefer not to unless I know for sure. So sometimes we get things right, predict predictions. Sometimes we get things wrong. But usually when we're reading the news, we heavily fact check and like double check sources. So we have a tendency on current events to get it right. Predictions are something totally different. Yeah, no one is always, always right. Yeah, just Alex Jones. All well, the time. No, on everything. no, 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 kidding, no, 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 absolutely no. <laughs> no, no. You mean, you mean there aren't fifth dimensional aliens who are trying to, you know. There's, a, there's more likelihood that there probably is. Uh, I was just oh. talking about his like Julian Assange comments before. Oh, really? What he was opposed to Assange or something? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, what do we got here? Not the bomb says HB five eight five five Illinois is trying to make felons out of people owning assault weapons, mags greater than ten rounds, and create registry. 
Praying GOA saves us. GOA? What is it? I have no idea. I don't know. Gun Owners of America. Oh, oh okay. Oh. All right. Well, there you go. That's right. Well, then, let's uh, read some more. Because of the Moon says, first time listener, long time super chatter. Really? With the religious conversation yesterday, a great guest would be Ken Ham. He's president of Answers in Genesis and the Ark Museum in Kentucky. His lectures, speeches are scientific. It's really cool stuff. I'm, I'm totally down for conversations like that. I love, I love um, philosophical questions, uh, um, conversations, trying to understand the universe, trying to understand faith and religion. That's, that's, that's the most important stuff to me, to be completely honest. You know, I was last night, I was looking at the full moon, speaking of spirit, and uh, <laughs> I took my glasses off and it was all blurry and I could see the moon and I started to see the flower of life in the moon. Do you know the flower of life? It's like mm. this geometric pattern it's similar to that. Um, but it was at first it was just five. It looked like a star in it. I was like, well, I see the star of David with a big circle in the middle. It looked like a hand with an eye in it. I was seeing these amazing shapes in, in the light. How much drugs were you on? Zero. <laughs> I was going to say he was completely sober during this moment. What was that story about like the wolf in the sky talking to you or something? It was disturbing. I, um, I was meditating on my roof and I was reaching out, looking out into space and like, if there's life out there, I'm going to drop my magnetic field and let it experience me and connect with me. And then I felt this wolf man hominid creature, like a wolf that had got a hold of psilocybin and was uh it sensed me and it knew where i was and i was like did i just reveal our location to some other species that wants to consume human flesh felt like it and i was like well that's dangerous that's dangerous well all right moral of the story you, you do sure? not meditate <laughs> no i'm just no, no 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 fair point don't drop your magnetic shields <laughs> yeah. while beckoning out to the universe I bet it without was a, the proper guidance. It's a chance to be kind. Yeah, you need to be ready to be kind to that force because it's probably like a Klingon force. It will think we're an enemy and treat us like an enemy unless we can befriend it. People well, in the chat think that Ian's high, but he's not. No, I'm not remember, high. It's like a Ouija board. You open the door. If you, on that roof, didn't close the magnetic shield, then it's still open. I closed it. Okay. <laughs> After I felt that, I was like, oh. <laughs> So All right. Can we blame you. David C. Come? Yeah. David C. Cronk Sr. says, Scott, I'm very proud of your work. You're a role model for today's youth. Here's a suggestion. Ballot harvesting at churches and gun ranges. Oh, I'm all over it, baby. And I have to give a shout out to our East Valley Republican women because they have this office in uh, in the valley, you know, right outside of the desert. And they apparently did tens of thousands of ballots that they had Republicans come to the Republican office and ballot harvest right there. So, yeah, let's do it at churches. Let's do it at gun shops, gun shows. Brilliant. Joe says, Tim and crew, this story has already been told in the Bible. We are in a spiritual battle against the spirit of the age. We've become a godless nation. It's revival or bust. Call it what it is. Evil. The eve. Call it what it is. Evil then mock it relentlessly. Yeah, there's a lot of evil, man. I'm concerned that, that we don't overcompensate against what we think is evil because if, if you get too extreme with what you think is good, it can become another form of evil. C. Max says, oath breakers. Cops broke oath to their community. That's right. Maybe I'll put that on the billboard. Beware dirty cops, a.k.a. oath breakers. I think just beware dirty cops with their picture is probably sufficient. You know? They're dirty cops, man. You're a dirty cop. All right. Midas says the time of blatantly supporting cops is over. So many are just extensions of a draconian elite. No longer are they members of the community. 
instead of assuming the best and defending them, let's hold them accountable. Here's my thing. I'm not going to play a stupid game where I'm like, you know, yelling out ACAB or anything like that, because I have cops that are that, that help me to the best of their abilities. It's just that their abilities are limited. And so uh, these cops are cool. There are bad cops, a lot of them. And the system in big cities is completely broken. And in a place like Fredericksburg, where, you know, it's, it's just the latest iteration of the story. The other story we saw was the was the blind guy in Florida. The lady cop was like, what is that? And he's like, it's my walking cane. And then she basically arrests him because he told her to F off. Like, these are dirty cops. And I'm sick of it. And something's got to be done about it. So these these police officers that break their oath to the Constitution and spit in the faces of the people who wanted to back the blue need to be reminded that ain't nobody going to be backing you if you trample on those who are actually supporting you. So, so long as no one actually wants to call them out, the cops are going to be like, I can do whatever I want because conservatives are too stupid to tell, say anything about it. And the left hates me anyway. Do like local cops, if they disagree with these edicts, do they just get together like in private, a bunch of like just of the officers and say, we're going to go to supervisor and just refuse, sir, we're not, we're not doing it. I've heard stories of them being like, you can't send me, I won't do that. And then they just get a different cop to go do it. So they really needed a, a, a union of, of everybody. Well, or they need people to finally be like, hey, we're not going to tolerate this. Well, officers also have discretion and they decide, you know, how they're going to be implementing a lot of the things that they're told to implement. So it looked like a gourmet. It was like state police. It would look a couple of state. Well, two different. It would look like local and state. That's that's a that's a way around. So uh, you can unionizing. There's a clear shot of all their faces. Thanks to that video. And I'm going to take screenshots and we're going to put up a billboard uh, and I'll put them up. I'll put them as much as far as I can. It's going to be it'll it'll be moderately expensive, but it will feel really, really good to do. If anything, if, if that's all I get out of it is some kind of emotional satisfaction, <laughs> then, you know, that's good enough for me. You know, what else am I going to do? Complain on the Internet about it? <laughs> that works, I, too. I, well, I was thinking about I was like, what if we just did like a segment where it's like we dedicate a week to, you know, calling out people doing bad things, be it a politician or I don't want to just rag on cops for the sake of ragging on cops. Mm -hmm. That's stupid. Like in this instance, we have bad cops, but there's a ton of bad politicians. And then I'm like, yeah, but the people who watch this show, they know, right? How do we reach new people? Yeah. To put up a billboard is I'll, I'll call up my, uh, my ad agency and say like, what have you, what have you got in Fredericksburg and in the surrounding suburbs? And then we'll put up a bunch of billboards with these cops faces on it. And then when, uh, they go out to eat one day, some guy's gonna go, Hey, you're that dirty cop I saw on, on, on 95. They're going to go, what? And like, yeah, you're the dirty cop. You're a dirty cop. And they're going to be like, why are you calling me that? Because like, your face is on billboards all over town because you did something. That'll feel really good. I've always been in the mindset of like work with law enforcement because what else do we have? You but snitch. Then I'm like, <laughs> when you learn about the Nazis and how they, they use law enforcement to just annihilate people. It's we, so crazy. we should have a bonehead of the week award and the person who wins the award gets uh, to be put on the billboard. <laughs> right? I mean, that could be something that we could brainstorm together and be Yo. like, hey, the worst person this week was... And then we could have the award and we could give them an actual award. Could be like, it could be like a dirty sock. Um, well, we, we, uh, we recently acquired a building for the new cafe that we're putting up. It's happening. Remember, I've been talking about wanting to do this coffee house. It's happening. That's why I said we're going to be selling coffee. We have, a, we have a coffee brand. Everything's getting set up, but the building's there. I wonder if I could put a big billboard on it. Yeah, you probably can. And then, you know, I don't know about once a week, but once a month. You yeah. know, bonehead of the month. Yeah. And then just slap their thing up on a big billboard in the middle of town. There's probably a better creative name that we could think of uh, for this. Dirtbag? Yeah, Dirtbag's pretty good. I like that one too. 
Your da- oh. I, I wish it, it would have. To, it's got to be alliterative. If it was a daily, if it was a digital billboard, we could do the daily dirt bag. Mm. Yeah, that sounds good. Daily dirt bag, but no. But you need them to be up there longer than a week. So, um, what's a W word that's derisive? Wacko. Wacko. Nah, but it's got to imply like I'm not. I'm not so we, cons- wiener head. Weird is good. wiener head Wednesday. I'm not concerned about weirdos or or wackos. I'm concerned about the corrupt dirt bag wicked. scumbag wicked. There you go. That's a good one. The weekly weekly Wicked Award. Nah, Wicked sounds too cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Wicked. That's yeah, true, right? Weasel. It'd be like I won. Yeah, Weasley. Weasel nah, Award it needs to be have. It needs to have more. Oof. The people will will figure this out for us. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. The of gigantic piece of human crap award, and then it's a steaming crap that we put on their head and the billboard. Just big, big billboard. Crap head. Yeah. Doo doo head. Dirt bag award. What are, what, are people giving suggestions? Weekly wuss, wuss. is one of them. Um, Tyrant of the week. Yep. Weasels. Weekly weasels. All right. Vinyl cover 1987 says, Tim, I'm a detective in a major metropolitan area in Texas, and I'm getting less and less back the blue, despite solving on violent crime cases. Hope Luke doesn't hate me. Ian, you're cool. Rock and roll. I, I, I don't hate you, man. But, uh, you know. Who is it? Yeah, like, hate's the wrong word. Loathe yeah. is probably better. Who was that? That's a cop in Texas? <laughs> yeah, a detective. He's saying it's, it's been rough lately. Sentiment. That's... A lot of people are giving money saying, do the billboard, do the billboard, do the billboard. Uh, it, it really just depends on, look, you know, I said I want to do it. People are giving me super chats. Just keep in mind, I might not be able to. The billboard agency might be like, no, 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 we're not going to get involved in this. They probably won't because money talks and BS walks. They usually just say, I'll send it up the chain, see what they say. And a lot of the billboards on highways and in cities that are just standalone billboards are owned by those companies, and they will take money for basically anything. I've been getting a lot of private messages from police officers who are like, please don't hate me. (laughs) Essentially saying that I don't hate you guys. If there's a good officer that actually does help the community and does good, you guys are awesome. You guys deserve help. You guys deserve to be complimented. But when an officer does something wrong and abuses their position of power, they deserve to be called out. So I, I know not to judge but uh you know we got to call a spade a spade here and the only way to root out the bad people is to call out the bad so that's what i'm trying to do here i don't hate any of you guys do do you think it would work right do you think that these cops in the fredericksburg metropolitan area if we put up like 15 billboards do you think they would see that and start sweating bullets being like oh man i really shouldn't be doing this yeah absolutely and it would make them you know think twice about their discretion and how they use their authority over the people and and what they're going to be doing next time because obviously there's no way an an average person could look at the situation and be like yeah the cops did the right thing there because they didn't they didn't do the right thing they have no sanctuary with the left none there's not going to be a circumstance where a cop goes to a bunch of leftists and says, the right, the, the anti-vaxxers are yelling at me. They're going to laugh and be like, go cry somewhere else. Except for J6. Right. Of course. And they get an award. Yes. But, you know, good luck going to leftist activists as a cop and being like, will you please serve me a cheeseburger? The right's mad at me because of COVID lockdown stuff. They're going to be like, screw off, you white supremacist. Well, I think it's similar to, I've been listening to people say, you know, the left, uh, no, I mean, excuse me, corporations know that the right is always going to have their back, right? 
and do tax breaks or whatever or support them. And so therefore they pander to the left because they know they'll always have the support of the right. And it's kind of like the the black community. The left knows that the majority of black citizens are going to vote Democratic. And so therefore they don't really have to do anything to make the black community happy because they know that the majority of black citizens are going to vote for them regardless. And so the only way to have neutrality or to have police or corporations or politicians actually fight for us as if we move away from uh, being left or right but going towards the center because then everybody is going to have to earn our support and i I think that would actually make society much safer and more equitable i don't want to forget so i literally just texted my uh my ad agent like the, the, the ad sales person. The, it's, like, it's like a different company. It's not our company. It's like the person who does the sales. I just literally texted them like, you got any inventory in Fredericksburg? I don't want to forget because I think we have to do it. Maybe we but acknowledge I, a, some, a co- an officer that did really well too. So you're bashing the people that should be bashed and then you're acknowledging. It's hard to do and it's really yeah. expensive. Right. But uh, not a bad idea. My, my thing is, do we offer a path to redemption first? Like apologize to this man and say you were wrong. Otherwise, we're going to call you out for being a dirty cop. I think I think that would be a reasonable way to start. First, see if there's any remorse for what they did. But if they're like, no, I did the right thing. I didn't do anything wrong. And I'm going to do it again. If in the same situation, then yes, billboard, baby. Billboard. I, I, I think probably just to be clean, safe, and make sure everything's above board. You, you're a bad cop. You do something bad. I put up a billboard. We, we should create <laughs> yeah. a nonprofit. <laughs> yeah. Like, let, you could fundraise it probably. Why don't, you know what I should do? So, so a lot of people have asked about the uh, fact checking nonprofit because it was like two years ago. I said, we're going to do this thing. And everyone's like, yeah, right. And I'm like, we're going to do it. Uh, it takes like, um, like two and a half years to get certified and get all the paperwork and everything. So the, the company exists, but we're waiting for nonprofit certification because we're trying to get a 501c3, not a c4. This means it can't be political. It's just going to do fact checking. It's in the works. It exists. The paperwork has been filed. It just takes forever. It would be great to do the same thing. Uh, You know, fundraising to put up billboards to call out people who do bad things. We would take submissions from, you know, the donors like, who do you think is a person of political power who has acted improperly? Send us videos. And there could be videos of cops doing bad things, videos of politicians doing bad things. And then we raise money just to put up billboards. The ad agent, the ad industry, they will love us because billboards are rather ineffective these days and they struggle to sell the inventory because people are like, I can buy on Facebook. I get it right there on their phone. I don't need to be up there. But this will get everyone talking about it. Right. And there'll be a lot of media reports. And th- this means the billboard companies are going are gonna to have guaranteed sales and they're going to be like, whatever brings money into our industry in a dying you know, medium. So I think that's a, that's a good idea. All right, let's just we'll grab one more. All right. Miguel Alvera says, Serge did a great job last night in the members only show. Perfectly explained what many of us were thinking. I agree. I think he did a much better job than I. Um, But, uh, you know, religious conversations can be frustrating sometimes, but I think they're absolutely awesome. So if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, become a member over at TimCast.com. Head over to TimCast.com right now. Click join us. 
sign up. We're going to have a members only show coming up for you. Should be live around 11 p.m. And uh, it's usually not so family friendly and a little bit spicy. You can follow the show at Timcast IRL on Instagram. We have clips. You can follow me personally at Timcast everywhere. And go follow at Timcast News on Twitter because uh, we had Elad Eliyahu. He's our, our ground reporter at the New York Times during the strike filming all the stuff. And he routinely goes out and asks real questions of these people. He doesn't do any of the gotcha stuff. No, none of that phony make, make a person look dumb. He actually asked the New York Times Union some legitimate questions about their concerns. You can really learn from this stuff. Plus, we post our stories. Scott, do you want to shout anything out? Yeah, I just wanted to say what I'm going to be working on very briefly for the future. You know, I just came back from Georgia, disappointing results, but you know, that's not going to keep us from moving forward. So here are my goals. Uh, for anybody that's more politically minded, I am working to make sure that we have new leadership at the Republican National Committee. Uh, I think six years of losses under our current chairwoman means it's time for change. And that's why I'm endorsing and supporting Harmeet Dillon for the next RNC uh, chairwoman position. And she's already indicated that one of her first roles would be to hire somebody like me. And of course, I'd, I'd want to look at the stipulations and what would be contingent on my working for such an organization. But that shows understanding that it's important to bring in the grassroots and to not only look at the consulting class or listen to the big donors, but listen to us, listen to the people. It's pure populism. Give the people what they want. And immediately, I'm already working towards going to Louisiana and Kentucky to flip those governorships from blue to red, as well as working on my state of Virginia to make sure that with Governor Glenn Youngkin, if we take the state Senate, if we take the House of Delegates, we're going to be able to pass legislation at the state level to buck against the federal government. Because all these conversations we're having are wonderful, but we need to actually implement those policies into law to affect real change. And I'm also going to be focusing on Jersey. So uh, if anybody's interested in helping, please slide into my DMs in the most wholesome of manner. And you can find me at Scott Pressler, S-C-O-T-T-P-R-E-S-L-E-R. I'm also on True Social, Getter, Telegram, Facebook, Gab, and Parler. Andy No tweeted something out about a half an hour ago that I have to mention before we go. That's the uh, Twitter's head of the head of Twitter's strategic response team. Guess where he worked immediately before Twitter? FBI. United States Marine Corps Intelligence, mm. and guess where he worked, uh, and guess who he assisted um, partially during his, his tenure? Uh, James Bolton. Comey. The CIA and the FBI. Mm. And then immediately after leaving those roles, he gets a job at Twitter. Wow. Luke, you want to shout anything out? Oh, imagine the coincidence that happened there. Uh, uh, thank you, and Hammer, for coming on the show. I really appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> my, sorry, I had to. I can't help <laughs> <the> hair. <laughs> No You're awesome. Uh, thanks, Scott, that was, that was a great conversation. Thank you so much for coming on. What was your Twitter again? At Scott Pressler. Thank you so much. Uh, my YouTube channel is We Are Change. Uh, YouTube is not showing anyone the video I did today. I worked very hard on it. I talked about a lot of the crazy AI stuff, a lot of the stuff happening geopolitically. Check it out, youtube.com forward slash We Are Change. And uh, I'll be there talking to you guys in the chat. If you don't know the Stucks and Hammer references, Sticks, Hex and Hammer, 666, the YouTuber political art you know i know who that is yes beautiful no. hair he supported on some of my work and i'm just glad by the way that i was not on that episode of tim pool because i saw that and it was 666 i was like ah, uh-uh. i was like i'm glad i'm not on that some one energy in there. <laughs> so michael so was excited for, for it <laughs> yeah. yeah that was a wonderful week
hey, thanks for coming again, Scott. Always great to see you, man. Thank you. And now whenever I see the moon, (laughs) I'm going to think of you seeing the flower of life, meditating in a wolf spirit. And it's just, it's going to do it for me from now on for the rest of my life. Open up your field, (laughs) align your chakras. You got good posture. Uh, Kellen, tell me about the evening. What's up, man? Um, Hey, Scott, it was great to meet you. It was a great conversation. had a lot of fun tonight. Um, You can find everyone watching. You can find me at KellenPDL. I'm mostly active on Twitter. Again, I was filling in for Surge. Um, I don't know if he'll be back tomorrow, but hopefully he will. Um, But yeah, thanks, guys. We will see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out.